You're listening to Aaron and Patricia. My name is Aaron. My name is Patricia. And you join us on the 11th of July of 2022. Uh, a bit of a day um, later than uh, we were expecting, but uh, uh, we actually did some really exciting stuff over the weekend. So, yes, we uh, did. Yeah. <laughs> we went over to the Chester Zoo, and it was my first time over there, and I had a wonderful, wonderful time. Yeah, and also we saw a Fizz production over at uh, Bramall Hall as well. So. Yeah, that's right. We saw the production of A Midsummer Night's Dream, but done by a wonderful troupe of actors from London. It was um, get a, a wonderful opportunity just to see like five actors literally performing the play of Midsummer Night's Dream and everybody just enjoying themselves and seeing how well Shakespeare's works holds up after like over four or five hundred years later. Yeah. And we want to give a shout out to the uh, Illyria Theatre. Uh, I think yeah, that's how you I think that's how you pronounce it. I think it. so too. Right is it Illyria or Illyria? Ili- Ili- sure. Anyway, it's uh Theatre at on Twitter. So where they gave us a uh uh, a response on Twitter, and so yeah, we followed them uh, as was we did. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, and if you are interested in checking them out, they're currently in London right now, so they do outdoor performances ever since 1991, and yeah, I think that you will definitely enjoy it if you are around the area. Yeah. Anyway, um, we are here to enjoy Aaron and Patricia for the next uh, few hours or so, so uh, coming up on the show, we're going to be talking about the San Diego Comic Con 2022 as it announced its uh, panels, including Nickelodeon and Disney-related panels. Uh, Sony Pictures Animation are developing their first R-rated animated film from Gendy Tartatovsky. Uh, Rocco, G- Jenny, Danny Phantom, Power, Toastman, and Vader Zim are all added into the battle arena over at a Smite. Uh, voice actor uh, Richard uh, Horowitz uh, criticized the studio for not inviting him uh, to voice the characters of a game duo for being non-union. Animation Guild members vote overwhelmingly to ratify new film and TV contract, especially since we've been talking about this on Aaron and Patricia over the past few months, almost close to a year now, about the strike that happened in the IA. TSE, and now they're starting to uh, fix some things up regarding about, um, you know, the ratifications about how much money and how much time that they deserve to be paid and getting some benefits over in the animation industry. We're going to take a first look at Luck, which is Apple's original film from Skydance Animation to premiere on August 5th. Uh, Kazuki Takahashi, the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh! unfortunately passes away at the age of 60 due to a diving accident. E3 is returning to Los Angeles in 2023 thanks to Reed Pop. We're going to tell you about that as well. California has granted 2.5 million daughters dollars not daughters dollars in starting up funding for an animation museum in fact a group of industry figures including the director of a disney film wants to put a physical animation museum in the burbank glendale pasadena area uh, the uh, uh, macy gray who uh, performs the uh, intro to as told by ginger has come under some criticism i'll tell you about that too uh teens are dressing up in suits and throwing banana peels to see a animated film that's been uh as we talked about last week had made over um, $100 million on its opening weekend and has spawned meme culture and boredom. Yeah. Uh, God of War Ragnarok is going to be launching on PS4 and PS5. We're going to tell you when. And Kojima Productions are warning of legal action after Hideo Kojima was framed for doing a certain deed involving with a former Japanese ambassador. You're listening to Aaron and Patricia on the 11th of July of 2022. 
So, Patricia, do you want to tell everybody what's going on on the Old School Lane podcast? Yes. So, as of the recording of this episode of um, this episode of uh, Aaron and Patricia, the next episode of Picks Minis. Actually, it's going to be the last episode of Picks Minis. Uh, where we discussed about Chow Alberta. Will be coming out uh, tonight. Um, it will be coming out around six p.m. Central Standard Time in um, you know in America. Um, then there's a uh, five. There's about like um, let's see. Uh, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time in America and 1 o'clock in the morning for those who are staying up late in British time. So that'll be the last episode of Picks Minis and then afterwards we will be finally talking about Lightyear tomorrow. Hmm. Yeah, I'm really excited for that actually. It's uh, going to be uh, one of the uh, the most anticipated I think episodes of uh, Picks Mix given the all the uh, the uh, the negative news that's actually kind of like surrounded like yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, and also I am working on the video versions of Picks Minis and Picks Mix that will be coming up on the Old School Lane YouTube channel. Cool. Okay then, so um, our top story, uh, San Diego Comic-Con 2022 has announced that its uh, panels, and this includes Nickelodeon and Disney-related panels. Uh, Patricia, you've actually got the list of all the people. Yes, I do. So as you guys know, um, SDC um, has been relegated to, unfortunately, with um, being relegated to online due to you know COVID-19, but they just finally made the announcement that they are going to be coming back, and it's pretty good too, considering that um, you know, San Diego Comic-Con for many, many years has been known for showcasing what kind of cool stuff that they're going to be announcing. Usually when it comes to animation, when it comes to movies, when it comes to TV shows, San Diego Comic-Con is one of the places to make the announcement. So, there's a lot of stuff regarding about Disney that's going to be announced. Uh, one of the first, before we get into that, is that they released the trailer of Chibiverse. So for those who um, are subscribed to the Disney Channel YouTube channel, you have probably seen the Chibi Tales, in which they would take in current animated shows from Disney, such as Amphibia, and The Loud House, and Big City Greens, and Phineas and Ferb, and uh, various others, and and they would do chibi versions, you know, very quick two to three minute versions of, uh, you know, like a typical episode of their respected shows and make it more fun. Uh, examples include, oh, in Amphibia, we have the planters going over to go to the aquarium or, hey, you know, here's this episode of Big City Greens in which we have... You know, Grandma and Dr. Doofenshmirtz falling in love. Or, hey, take a look at this episode of The Owl House in which there's a competition between Ida and Lilith on who can make the best pastry. So, yeah, apparently those have become so popular that they had decided that, hey, let's just make an entire TV show out of it. I mean, like, uh, no one I don't think will be, um, you know, against this, I don't think. I think, I mean, it will be disappointing to some that, you know, like, why not just make more episodes about, you know, Amphibia and more episodes of The Owl House and more episodes of these shows yeah, yeah like you know instead of doing that but i think i think the chibi verse i think has got its own fandom i think and uh, there are some people actually do get get excited every time there's an announcement for a new episode to come out mm -hmm. so i don't think this is necessarily a bad thing so i think uh, you know i think disney have actually struck the right chord i think by uh, releasing this trailer absolutely so 
But mind you, the one thing I will say about it is that uh, they are they are from the get go saying that yeah, we're not going to take this very seriously. Which you know, um, I kind of like a positive and a negative thing because you remember when the do you remember when the intro came out for Pinky Elmira and the Brain? Yes, and, and they basically said it from the get go like they, we're not we're being forced to do this because this is what you know. They they, this is what Warner Brothers wants. Yeah, exactly. So and there is uh, I don't know if this is like the same kind of like thing that is currently going on right now because at the very end of the of the intro they say you know is this a good idea and then they'll kind of pause and then he just says chibi verse yeah and, like makes you think like you know were people like you know against this to begin with but were kind of like made to kind of like go in this direction mm. like uh, so i mean hopefully it's not gonna be pinky and Maya in the brain again hopefully oh, it won't no, be that no, no, no. but uh, i think uh, chibi verse i think you know um i guess some people will be excited for it and i think they uh, will be but uh, i think there will be that's a small contortion of fans i think who will say um no we really want more of like you know our shows that we love and not kind of like cutie versions of yeah. like the versions of the shows you know, like it's just the idea of chibis was like kind of like to like be like you know uh, mascots, if you will, like you within the show. Not exactly like be you yeah, know, yeah. I mean, there actual, were the, actual characters. They only lasted for like maybe a few minutes, and they were just like little quick um, things to have in between the actual shows. It's kind of like oh, you know, here's um, Star Wars Clone Wars, and I'm talking about the animated version by Gendy, not the 3D version, where every few minutes they would have this to air alongside with the other Cartoon Network shows or hey um, you know here's uh, you know this um, Robot Chicken would be for example it's just like say like if Robot Chicken became like an ad like um like little snippets of shorts and then they decided to make it into a full-fledged show it's kind of like that as opposed to like um you know, like one individual thing. So uh, I think that it's just one additional thing because they did announce what they're going to be showcasing in the convention. So the first thing, and we've been knowing about this for quite a long time, bless you, <laughs> is um, Marvel's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. That is their big show that they're going to be announcing in this, um, you know, panel. And you can already see the uh, the, uh, the 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 crazy Christian Paris going. like, "There's a devil dinosaur in this show." <laughs> we already hate it, you know, but yes. even before we've even seen any of it. So, yeah, I mean, so uh, it's about, um, yeah, according to what it says, it is based off of Marvel's hit comics, uh, a conversion uh, about this innovative action comedy centered around African-American teen girl superhero uh, Lunetta Lafayette. Uh, panelists include Diamond White, uh, Live Bearer, Fred Tatashore, executive producer Steve Lauder, and supervising producers uh, Rodney Clowden and producer Tyler Flynn. They will be um, they'll be talking about it with the editor uh, at large at People Magazine, Janine Rubenstein, and uh, yeah, it's basically about well, a superhero paired up with a dinosaur, and um, that's going to be one of their big shows that they're going to be announcing. They, they, they must feel very confident about this show if yeah. they feel like you know. Well, mind you, like you know, again, it's like I hate to you know say like it's a, it's a box checking it's checking exercise, you know. Yeah. You know, like you know, here here's you know one of our very you know few African American protagonists who now is like has her own show and like you know and now he's tied up with like. You know, a dinosaur that's really cool yeah so like you know like there's some um uh you can see that there's elements that have all been put together and uh, disney if i like, said yeah let's uh, push this to the moon and let's give it a panel and uh, like it all like uh, all the you know and, i think that was a great strategy because like if you get all the nerds excited like you know everyone else follows along have you noticed that like, yeah you know yeah. like everyone's like oh wow like here's this really cool show like remember molly mcgee like you know when that was first being announced and like you know oh wow this thing looks pretty cool yeah like you know and then, then you get all like all the, the the disney diehards excited when you get them excited everyone else follows along 
along. Yeah. You know, stuff. Like, you know, so they don't want... Uh, it's kind of funny because, you know, some, you know, kind of like the the uh, general Disney fan, I think seems to have this uh, feeling of, like, not wanting to be left out of, like, the, you know, what potentially could be, like, you know, the next cool thing Disney is. And then they can turn around and say, well, I was, uh, you know, a fan of the show before it even came out, you know? Like, uh, <laughs> of course. Yeah, there, there is this kind of, like, you know, sheep herd mentality, unfortunately. I think yeah, the gatekeeper. Obviously. Exactly, yeah. But, uh, I mean, so... But then I think uh, at the same time, that has its problems as well because, like, if this show ends up sucking, like, you know, like, Ooh. it's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, there, 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 there you go. But, you know, like, for Disney to put this out right off the get-go and say, oh, well, this show hasn't come out yet, but here's a panel at, you know, San Diego Comic-Con. They must feel pretty good about the show. Yeah. All right. Speaking of Molly McGee, they're also going to be having a panel at San Diego Comic-Con. So, uh, uh, by the way, to all the fans who are, like, uh, hanging on my breath, no, we've not seen the season finale of Molly McGee. We are aware that, you know, it is supposed to be quite good, according to all the fans. We will get there eventually and tell you your thoughts. It is the Owl House all over for season one all over again. I will admit that, but you know, we've only got so much time to play with everybody. Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah, exactly. In addition to that, we literally finished up with Pix Minis and Pix Mix. We're now on the pre-production process of our new upcoming retrospective of another studio that we're going to be watching their films on. And we also have plenty of other stuff that we're doing. So yeah, sorry we haven't put Molly McGee on main priority. Yeah, I mean, like, you can't blame us, really. Like, you know, um, because until recently, like, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the Molly McGee was built up as, like, this, like, oh, hey, this is just a episodic show about, you know, a, a kid and this ghost that are now bound together forever, and uh, it didn't look like it went through, like, any type, type of, like, you know, progressive story. Right. Until, like, you know, the, oh, hey, this thing happened, and that thing happened, and that thing happened, like, in, in individual episodes, and the rest of it just feels throwaway at right. the moment. Because, like, you know, every single time an episode of Amphibia, or every single time an episode of The Owl House came up, TOH spoilers or Amphibia spoilers would immediately start popping up. Yeah. Because people like, we all really want to talk about this show. I've never seen Molly spoilers. I've never Un seen until, spoilers. Uh, until literally just a until, few days. days ago. Exactly, yeah. And even then they were spoiling people. So like, you know, it was... Uh, <laughs> of course. Yeah, so like, it's... um, I just think Disney, I think, are still in this position. Now, who knows? Maybe, uh, you know, the, you know, um, you know, Moon Girl and, you know, Devil Dinosaur is probably gonna, you know, probably wow people. Yeah. I, I don't know. But uh, I think at the minute, Disney need to... And also, Hamster and Gretel also has been talking yeah, about Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I think they Disney right now need to give Disney fans say, okay, don't cancel your Disney Plus subscriptions just yet. We've got these other shows that are just as good as The Owl House and just as good as Amphibia. And that'll be a hard sell because, you know, of all the controversy that's going on. But still, oh, you know, exa yeah. exactly. But, you know, uh, they need to try. For the sake of keeping their subscribers, they need to try. Oh, yeah. So, according to the description on Variety, joint creators slash executive producers Bill Mott and Bob Roth and executive producer Steve Lauder for a joyful celebration of this Disney Channel original series. Cast and crew will talk about their favorite moments, songs, and behind-the-scenes stories from season one, along with fan surprises and hints of what's to come for season two. The panel will be moderated by Doug Ben, uh, ben Simon, executive director, current series Disney Television Animation. So we know about that, and in addition to um, that, now we can talk about Hamster and Gretel. So the pilot, uh, the um, the announcement just happened. We saw a few minutes of the uh, pilot, so we've been knowing about this for quite a while, and they're going to be discussing more in depth about Hamster and Gretel. And here's what the description says: Join the cast and creative team behind Disney Channel's Hamster and Gretel as they present a first look at the hilarious new superhero series before it premieres. Renowned animated veteran and creator Dan Pavenmeyer, co-creator of the 
hit series Phineas and Ferb. We'll be joined by co-producer and story editor Joanna Hausman and select cast members to be announced for a discussion about the world and the characters of this new music-filled animation series, moderated by actress and comedian Lisa Koshi. So it looks like they're going Steven Universe with this, from the looks of it. Like, uh, they, they, there's going to be a musical, kind of like, you know... Uh, I mean, uh, remember, uh, Phineas and Ferb has had tons of music on the oh, show. Oh, yeah, and, and I'm not saying if Phineas and Ferb hasn't had, like, you know... Uh, he had some really great shows. Oh, yeah, well. Ab- excellent yeah. music. Exactly, and so, uh, I mean, like, uh, I always like, you know, one good scale will do you some good. I always like that, because, you know, it's a kind of build the ship around, you know, obviously, you know... Yeah, uh, there's also Busted, guys. there's also Chica Chica Boom, there's yeah. a lot of other famous songs from a- Exactly, and yeah, it is, and so I think... Uh, you know, with Bob and Meyer in charge, I think the Hamster and Gretel definitely has a chance, I think, in regards to that. I think um, what is going to need to be done is is that, uh, I mean, you know, um, what, you know, story are they going to put around, you know, Hamster and Gretel? What, yeah. uh, you know, uh, how is, like, because where you see, like, you know, it's uh, the Hamster and Gretel, like, you know, who end up with the superpowers, and then this kid, you know, this other kid, you know, ends up kind of like, just kind of like, you know, ends up being the third wheel and this yeah. sort of thing. I mean, how long can they keep that going for, I think, for a show? Like, it's okay for maybe an episode, maybe like you know the occasional special but i mean you are building basically the third wheel uh you know uh um engine around well not engine but you know like uh the the third the wheel formula. Game, the formula around uh you know maybe a season of a show or maybe maybe it's going to progress i don't know but uh i just think i have a bit of concern about that aspect of it besides that i mean i have faith in Paul of my i have you know it does look like a really good animated show it does look like something that you know kids are going to get their teeth into and uh, i think it has a chance in that regard in regards to like all the disney fans i've not really heard too much talk about it that's the thing so mm. like uh, i'd be interested to see if it actually gets to the point where where, you know, if Disney fans will start paying attention when the, when the first episode starts to drop. Yeah, so it either can be one of two things. It could either be a smash hit like Phineas and Ferb, or it could just last for a few seasons and then just be lost in the shuffle like Milo's Murphy Law. Or it could be a massive hit, and uh, then uh, an executive doesn't like it, and it still ends up being a short stick a couple of seasons. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, anyway, so another show that will be premiering on the panel is The Proud Family Louder and Prouder. Creator and executive producer Bruce W. Smith, executive producer Ralph Fakwar, and series stars Kyla Pratt, Paula Jai Parker, Joe Marie Payton, Salil Moonfry, and Alicia Reyes will be discussing about the critically acclaimed Disney Plus revival of the groundbreaking animated series The Proud Family and share a behind-the-scenes look on the first season moderated by Janine Rubinstein, editor-at-large at People magazine yeah i mean like in regards to uh i apologize everybody we, we got the windows open right now so like it know, is uh, hot yeah, outside is, today uh, so we have we have to have the windows open and unfortunately people live around us and uh, you know say all this stuff hey look but, at that there's two dorks in the window talking in their microphones yeah exactly so uh but in you know going back to what we were saying before um you know um i've had some concerns about the proud family like it's not got the the uh trajectory or like the 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 trends that i think you know other disney shows and like other disney properties have got like i mean it's okay i mean you see you're saying oh well, i mean it's got a season two it's like well yeah most shows that end up like getting second seasons end up getting second season because they're already kind of like there exactly so, like, and, and already you, that the, 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 Pat- the patrick star show has got a second season for crying out loud yeah but that's because they're already been established exactly yeah so, yeah i mean the proud family 
was a show that came out 20 years ago. And yeah, I mean, when you're going to have a groundbreaking show like The Proud Family, yeah, you're going to have an, uh, an automatic second season. Yeah, but I think some, you know, uh, for a lot of animated shows now, second seasons are already kind of like, you know, kind of built in already. Like, you know, they'll look at what's going on even before the first season begins and they'll say, oh yeah, let's give this a second season. Yeah. You know, so like, uh, um, but uh, I mean, here's the thing, The Proud Family, at least in my opinion, and people are, I don't know if it's being told wrong, but uh, I've just not seen much social media chatter about it compared to like other shows. Yeah. Like it's just, it's, uh, imagine, it's pretty hard because it is a Disney Plus original, so unless you have a Disney Plus subscription, you can't see The Proud Family, which uh, I think, you know, maybe this probably would have been a smarter thing to kind of put this on Disney Channel, maybe. I don't yeah. know. But uh, maybe it would have got more traction. But in the meantime, you know, compared to everything else that we're going to be talking about today, I mean, The Proud Family's kind of lost in the shuffle already. Yeah, and it's a shame too, because, you know, The Proud Family was, you know, pretty revolutionary for what it was. And I think that at the end of the day, whether, you know, it's good as the original, it, we're still not sure. I mean, here, here's the thing. Aaron and I have only seen the first two episodes. And we already kind of like it. We're like, nah, you know. Like, Especially uh, the second episode. I, I think that Penny was just way out of character on that one. I mean, like, uh, they could probably turn around and say, well, Penny has been has been some outrageous uh, characters already. Like, keep in mind, like, she was the, uh, remember when they did the whole, like, uh, girl band uh, episode, I like remember, show, yeah, the, like the hip hop helicopter, yeah, yeah, and she and she was the and she was the breakout star, and they all went to her head. So mm -hmm. like, maybe it is in character of Penny to like go in that direction, maybe after the second episode, but I I don't know. Like, it's just it's uh, it, it seemed pretty unusual when uh, you know she because uh, uh, I thought she probably you know given the fact that we had the Proud Family movie where it looks like she could be she matured and she could make her own decisions. Now all of a sudden, like you know, she's. Um, she lets things like social media go to her head. Yeah. I thought, I thought we moved past this already, you know, like yeah. uh, in regards to Penny's uh, evolution as a character. But apparently, according to them, we haven't. So, yeah, yeah. I guess not. Anyway, but there's plenty of other stuff that was announced for Disney, like the the Simpsons and the Bob's Burgers panel, which, you know, they're pretty much staples at this point. So let's move on over to Nickelodeon, because Nickelodeon has a lot of panels as well. So uh, starting things off, we're going to be talking about... More SpongeBob, yay! Oh, well, 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 where would a Nickelodeon uh, spectacle be without SpongeBob SquarePants being front and center at this point? Like, it's just, it's. Uh, I guess we shouldn't be too surprised, really. Yeah. Like, yeah. Of course. So, yeah, we're going to be having a lot more SpongeBob panels, most likely discussing about, like, Camp Coral and the Patrick Star Show. And um, let's see, we got... You um, know what? I would genuinely like to uh, someone to, like, just step up onto that panel and ask, you know, have you got anything that isn't SpongeBob? Like, you know, I would generally like to see that question be asked. Ooh. Well, don't worry. There's it some stuff. It probably be up there with, like, the whole, like, you know, have you lost your mind at, like, you know, the, the was it Diablo panel? Was oh, yeah, yeah. Panel? yeah. No, no, no. Do you guys not have phones? Do you guys not have phones? <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. yeah. the fans were complaining. Do you guys not have sponges? <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys not have bobs? No, honestly. <laughs> Do you guys not have pants? Yeah. Oh, we are. Well, they have bobs over there. It's Bob's Burgers. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Way better than whatever SpongeBob's doing recently. Ooh, burn. All right, so here are the panels. He's they a are burger cook, too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that'll be really interesting. We have SpongeBob versus Bob Belcher. Welcome in a to Celebrity Deathmatch. On one side, it's a Bob Belcher from Bob's Burgers versus SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> Dude, that's a great idea. Yeah, that's, a, that's a great Celebrity Deathmatch. That is an <laughs> awesome idea. Tom Kenny and H. John Benjamin voicing as their respected characters. And saying, like, I'm going to flip you up. Can you imagine, like, the SpongeBob, like, episodes going on, like, you know, Tom Kenny's, like, in his voice, like, you know, doing SpongeBob's, like, talking about burgers, and then, like, you know, you just hear this door being kicked open, and, like, it's, it's, it's the voice of Bob's... Bob. <laughs> 
<laughs> and they just have a and they just have like a, like a, like a fry off or something like that. That'd be that'd be kind of cool to oh see. Oh my god, that'll be that's so a crossover that should be taking place at Comic Con. Oh, absolutely yes. I mean, come on, Comic Con, do it. That'd be awesome. They should put us in charge of Comic Con. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. yeah. Come- anyway, oh, and by the way, um. Uh, where were panels? Yes. Okay, the panels include uh, SpongeBob SquarePants dive into the SpongeBob universe. Because, mm-hmm. of course. Anyway, so, yes, I, I know that you people are saying, oh, but, but we have more than SpongeBob. Here are the other panels. So, the other one is Avatar Braving the Elements Live, which is the podcast that Dante Bosco and Janet Varney do. Uh, by the way, go check them out. They're awesome. Mm-hmm. So they'll be doing the po- the, po- the the podcast live on Comic Con, and as we we've been discussing about over the past few weeks, that Avatar Studios are planning on doing three films based off of the Avatar universe, and one is going to be coming out, I believe, next fall. And from what we've seen, it could be either one of three things: it could either be about Korra, it could be about Zuko, or it could be about Avatar Kyoshi. We're still uncertain about that. All great characters, by the way. Like you know, everyone has an interesting story behind them so like you know um, I don't think they could go wrong no matter who they pick yeah and of course we already know about the Netflix and uh, adaptation of Avatar The Last Airbender but I don't know if that's going to be brought up but we'll see we'll see Anyway, so yeah, more Avatar stuff. And of course, we have the other stuff, such as Transformers Earth Spark, because yeah, Transformers is on Nickelodeon. They've they bought the rights to it. Mm-hmm. And the big thing that this is literally, this is the first time in which this show has ever had a panel at Comic Con. Rugrats. Wow, well, well, like, uh, I mean, just to think about, well, actually, that's the new Rugrats, isn't yes, it? Yes, this like, is yeah. the reboot. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, um, I'm interested to see how well that panel goes down because, like, uh, I mean, as far as I'm aware, like, uh, the fans haven't taken all well to, you know. I mean, I've seen mixed, I've seen mixed opinions on this. I've seen people saying, oh, you know, it's like a modern day of Rugrats. It feels like it's properly updated and it feels like it would generate toward today's kids. Well, I've seen other people say, yeah, it just doesn't feel necessary. There's just some things about it. The, the changes are just wrong. I get you and I have this discussion all the time. I still prefer the old Rugrats compared to the new Rugrats. The old Rugrats, I feel like, is just... And yeah, some people say the animation is ugly, but at least it has a charm to it. Like, you know, uh, unlike this new, you know, kind of like, you know, um, sanitized kind of like, you know, version of the I, I've, I said this before and I'll say it again. Klasky Chupo does not look good when their animation and art style is done in CGI. I've seen a pilot that they did back in 2007 and it was hideous. Yeah, uh, well, look at this now like you know they, they've so they've pretty much stripped away like uh, what made you know Rugrats unique and uh, what, basically what you get is basically just a you know, pretty generic kind of like you know CG animation if you really think about it it looks like it was done in DeviantArt oh right. my god you know what I mean this is the same thing that I've said about Teen Titans Go they should have just completely went straight reboot. They, I mean, I understand, hey, let, we need to bring back the original voice actors because they're iconic. But at the same time, it's just going to remind you of the original. If you want to do a straight up reboot, then, you know, I know this is going to be heartless and I'm sorry, but go all out. Get new actors for a new generation. I mean, I, I praise, you know, you know, I mean, you know, for better or worse, the Powerpuff Girls reboot when they did this. Other, I mean, sure, they brought back 
back, you know, Tom Kenny as like the mayor and the announcer, and they brought back Jennifer Hale as Miss Keene, but those are minor characters. You're bringing back the main characters. Every main character with the babies are there, and you replaced all of the adults, which I get it because some of them are really, really old, and some of them have died. I get it. But... If you're going to do a new reboot, like this is going to be Rugrats for a brand new generation, then it needs to be changed. And, you know, I've it's like you said, you know, I've heard people not really gravitating to it too much. But again, I've heard some people who like it. But I will not say anything about it until I have seen it myself. Yeah. And so, I mean, in regards to like, you know, there being a panel, like, I guess there must be some kind of, de you know, demand for seeing, you know, the Rugrats and hearing more about like, you know, the behind the scenes stuff and like, you know, yeah. what's going on behind there. I don't know. Maybe just more for kind of like, you know, um, just to get a, you know, just more of intrigue really. But uh, I don't know. Like, I can't imagine like, uh, you know, uh, maybe I might be wrong. Maybe there might be a lot of Nickelodeon fans who want to see this, but uh, I don't know. Either that I, or they I'm just, not one I, of them. I mean, either that or they literally just want to meet up with the original voice actors maybe we'll see yeah but uh, i think that's pretty much it in terms of uh all the panels for nickelodeon and disney i know that there were some other ones like oh archer's gonna get a panel and kevin smith is gonna have a panel william shatner's gonna have a panel but it's, it's, it's when are we like you know uh, we are pretty much destined to like you know be talking about nickelodeon disney and uh, you know the other thing we're gonna be talking about pretty much for the foreseeable future so until we get all that out of the way we can't even touch that stuff yet exactly yeah yeah, we're going to get into like the Marvel stuff yet. Yeah, like there's a lot of Marvel that, that's stuff. Gonna, that's going to that's going to take us a couple of years. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Are you kidding me? That's going to. I mean, not only do we have like all of the Marvel films, but we also have like the Marvel series and you know the Marvel animated stuff. That's yeah. going to take forever. I don't, know, I don't know, mind you. I don't know if people are going to like respond to this, maybe. But I mean, like, I mean, would anyone actually like to hear us talk about Marvel stuff? Given the fact that there's already like tons and tons of podcasts already about this already. Yeah, and there's already a ton of podcasts and video um, channels discussing about comic books in general. I guess so, yeah. Like, so, I mean, like, does our voice really add into anything else that probably hasn't already been said about Marvel? Like, it's just... It's, yeah, uh, I'm actually yeah. curious. I mean, you you know, you've listened to us talking about stuff for years. Like, what has been your favorite thing that we've talked about? And what are some things that we've never talked about that you want to hear our opinions of? Yeah. Please let us know. Okay. All right, so we're going to go over to our next bit of news. So we're going into Gendy Tartatovsky. So we'd mentioned this, was it, I think it was last week we talked uh, about this. Yeah, you know, I think we've been mentioning this quite a while, actually, now. I think we've been mentioning it for a couple of weeks now. That's a we've always had a Tarakovsky news, uh, news uh, pretty much yeah, uh, you know, so at least we once a week. Yeah, at least. So we talked about this with Primal, and we talked about this with him signing up with Warner Brothers Animation and Cartoon Network. So... With uh, that said, we're going to be talking about a movie that's going to be done by Gendy Tartatovsky. And no, it's not any of the Hotel Transylvania movies. <laughs> <laughs> Even though that the fourth one had nothing, he had nothing to do with, and it shows from what I've heard. Anyway, but we're talking about a movie that he's going to be working on. So it is called, I'm just going to pull up the Fixed. And here's the synopsis. The film is 2D animated and it follows a dog who finds out he'll get neutered in the morning and he and what does he do with his last night? This is a rated R film by the way. Wow. Wow. 
Mind you, it is talking about like a dog's ball, so I guess, you know, I guess... So <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, how do you do that for children? It's like, oh, no, you know, the dog has to go over to the vet. Oh, you Thank know... Thank you. I mean, like, there, there was jokes made about that, like, yeah, you know... You remember the Fairly Odd Parents in exactly, which Vicky yeah. would, you know, take her dog to be fixed? So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's not too much of a surprise, but I'm sure with this version, it's like... You know, we, I mean, that was just like an, a one-off joke. The movie is supposed to be out about, well, you know, you, his last night with his balls. Do you, do you remember when, uh, you remember Bob Barker was on, uh, was guest starred on Two Stupid Dogs? I remember, like, yeah. yeah the, and, like, he, he did his whole spade, make sure your pets are spayed and neutered. Yes. And, like, you know, well, yeah, the little dog kind of, like, freaked out at that, <laughs> that thought. So, like, I mean, like, yeah, so I think, uh, um, I mean, obviously that's not probably not the reason why the movie's going to be R-rated. It only tells me we're going to go, are we going to go Ren and Stimpy with this? Well, I, I mean, well, uh, according to Entertainment Weekly, he brings more information about this film. Go for it. Anyway, he says here that um, we started fi- uh, with Fix, which is the R-rated 2D animated film about the dog who finds out he's going to get neutered in the morning. And what does he do in the next 24 hours? This is a movie that I've been trying to sell for 12 years. It's going to look really good, and it's got heart, but it's got super raunch. i never really seen anything like this. People are going to go, are you crazy doing these things? I go, look, this is Hollywood. One day, it's anything you want to do. The next day, I can't get a job. I'm still realistic about it. So well, yeah. I mean, like, uh, so I mean, given the nature of this uh, of this movie, I think yeah, I can probably understand why it's been taking him so long to basically do. But I mean, like, Samurai Jack, I think, and Primal, I think, and uh, also various other. Uh, yeah, he, he, you, you, oh, I, yeah. I mean, I, uh, I remember when I talked to Fred Cybert about when's the new the Samurai Jack movie going to come out? Because remember, there was supposed to be a movie, and then he said we're working on it, and then it never happened mm-hmm. because there was a lot of difficulties with like, hey, we need to cater this to a mainstream audience we are gonna maybe lower down the rating and oh the powerpuff girls movie was such a bomb that they decided no no more animated movies by cartoon network yeah so i think uh, i mean um what he brings to the table uh interesting i mean everyone's got his uh got, he's got everyone's ears at the moment pretty much tarakovsky like you know anything he seems to create seems to really uh, you know uh but you know, pull at the heartstrings of like you know a lot of a lot of fans. Yeah, and so also think- you know it'll be a movie that you know he wanted to do because if you remember the Hotel Transylvania series, they went through director after director after director, and then Gendy was like literally the last guy that they just had, and then you know he had very little impact on the first movie, and then he you know worked on some other little things for two and three until that was done. So and also around the time he was working on the Popeye movie that never happened. Yeah, I, I really wish the Popeye movie had happened. Happened. That would have like, been so, so great. Good, yeah. I'm, I, I'm so there gutted. is talk of it, like you know, somewhat being revived. I yeah, mean, but Tart- uh, Gendy has nothing to do with it. Exactly. Yeah, but uh, which is a shame as well in itself. But uh, I mean, like, uh, so I mean, let, let's hear him out on fixed. I mean, like, uh, if it's a, if something that he's been pushing for 12 years, he must think it's a good idea. So I say, you know, go with it. Unless yeah. we see where we go. Yeah, and uh, also there hasn't been a lot of rated R animated films. I mean, the only ones I can think of is like South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut because the swear meter is up the roof then there was sausage party and um then there was like a lot i mean a lot of the ralph bakshi stuff was like rated x at least and then there was like the haunting world of el super bisto which i think was a rated r animated film by rob zombie but yeah yeah, i mean you could only like count a handful of rated r 
you know, movies that are animated. What was Beavis and Butthead do America? Oh, that's maybe is that rated R or was that rated PG thirteen? Um, I don't know. Like, uh, I, I mean, mean was, the, was there a there lot was of, there was, was a, a scene of uh, you know when uh, when Beavis you know was uh, was uh, jerking was jerking off in uh, that in that camper van. If you remember? Then yeah, I remember. That. And then there was like. Uh, I think there was like bits where like you know uh, the woman like you know, was lifting up a top for like you know uh, for uh, Beavers and Butthead as well. Like I remember, I, I, I vaguely recall those things. And then there was the freak out. You know, Rob Zombie did. You know, in, in the oh, yeah. in, in there as well. Okay, I'm looking it up, and it says that it was rated PG-13. Oh right, okay. So that wasn't rated R. No, that so. was not rated R because I mean Beavers and Butthead they don't really curse that much, and also there wasn't like oh here's violence and here's you know um, boobs and stuff like that. So you know it's not like the South Park movie in which they went all out with the swearing and the violence and the blood and boobs <laughs> so yeah anyway but yeah that is what uh, gendy is working on next in addition to season two of primal he is working on fix so we will see what happens afterwards okay so uh i mean Okay, so we move on to the next thing? Yes, yeah, so um, a few days ago, Smite had posted on social media that they're going to be adding some additional characters into their game. So for those who don't know, Smite is a battle arena game where you get to choose various characters and it has a fantasy setting. You get to go around and shoot people with, you know, magic and stuff like that. So literally, they just announced a few days ago that they're going to be adding five additions to their characters. Now, here's the thing. This is not the first time that Nickelodeon has added in characters based off of a Nickelodeon show. They did this with Aang and with Korra, I think, last year. But this one right here was a bit of a shock. So these are the five characters that are, are going to be in the game as of um, as announced last week. So there were Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life, Zim from Invader Zim, Jenny from My Life as a Teenage Robot, Danny Phantom from Danny Phantom, and Powdered Toastman from Ren and Stimpy. Okay, and also Invader Zim too. I, I just said Invader Zim. I did say Invader Zim. Right, so, um, I mean, look at that list. I mean, Danny Phantom makes sense. Yes. Um, Vader Zim makes sense. Yes. Jenny makes sense. Powder Toastman makes sense. Uh, I guess. And uh, yeah, Rocco, and uh, I mean, like, uh, you know, various other, you know. I mean, yeah, I, 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 here's what I think it is. They saw what the big success of Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl is, and they're like, we can do that! Well, I think there's also the fact that, you know, the creators of Smite actually know how powerful the Nickelodeon intellectual properties are, and they all say, yeah, we'll definitely want these as well. Like, remember when uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles turned up in Injustice? Oh, like, yeah, that's right. Exactly, yeah. So, like, I mean, they, 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 you know, the, these uh, guys who created these games, they're not stupid, you know? Like, if they know they've got the uh, ability to bring in uh, other characters from, like, other universes where they can fit them in somehow. Also, keep in mind, like, you know, the reason why, um, you know, on Nintendo Switch, why Atlas, you know, sold so well is because because Star Fox characters were involved in it, and yeah. because all the Star Fox, you know, fans wanted to, uh, you know, check out Fade and Star Fox and Atlas. But uh, I mean, like, you know, these things, these gimmicks work. You know, like, uh, I mean, look at the look at Soul Calibur when uh, that when they had their Link in in, in there. They had Link in the. Uh, uh, in the uh, GameCube yeah, version, yeah, GameCube and version. Uh, then they had uh, they had a Tekken character in like the, uh, the, Heihachi. Heihachi, and I think that was uh, no, no, no. I, I, I think it was yeah. I think it was either Hei. I think it was Heihachi because Yoshimitsu was already a character. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, in the Spawn, they had they Spawn like in the other game as in well. the Xbox version, the Xbox version as well. So like you know, um, you know, if gamers, if, if GameCube developers know that they have characters that are available to them, and so they know that they you know both you know the the person who has the the 
intellectual property are going to make some money, and they're going to make some money. They're going to do something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's one person, well, I'm sure that there's others, but there's one particular person who is not very happy with the casting choice because I'm sure for, um, you know, sharp ears or just Nickelodeon nerds like I am Mm -hmm. and Aaron is, you probably hear that, they sound like the characters, but they're not exactly the characters. And there's a reason why. So according to a tweet by Richard Horvitz, who you may know is a pretty prolific voice actor. He's the voice of Daggett from the Angry Beavers and, of course, Zim from Invader Zim. So this is what he stated on Twitter. For the record, Smite made a licensing deal with Nickelodeon for the use of Nick characters, including Zim. Smite would not go union, and Nickelodeon allowed this not only is offensive, is disrespectful. No mistake, the Zim skin is not me. So it's true that none of the characters that you see in Smite are going to be voiced by their respected actors. I mean, like, uh, is that not, that's not surprising, is it? Like, you know, if you in, in most game, I mean, keep in mind, like, you know, when uh, Piers Brosman was uh, James Bond at the time, like, you know, none of the games, as far as I'm aware, did not have Piers Brosman's voice I mean, they, they couldn't afford the licensing. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But, I mean, like, so this, you know, whether it's movies, translating over to video, games i mean unfortunately i mean uh, unless they get really lucky or like you know the uh, uh the voice actor is willing to like you know uh, take a bit of a hit they're not uh, gonna do the normal voices in video games it always ends up being played by somebody who just happens to sound like them yeah. and uh, basically they do and that now, no no those no disrespect for the sound alikes because they were really really excited for having the opportunity to voice these characters because they've been here long enough to become iconic and a lot of these you know voice actors are saying oh it's an honor to play as jenny from you know my life is a teenage robot and it's an honor to play as danny from danny phantom so you know the people who they got are really excited about it and yes i know it's a whole union versus non-union thing so for those who are not in the know how about this so uh, for you being unionized it means that you belong in a certain um you know you belong in a certain gig you know whether it be with sag or anything like that so um you are in the screen actors guild or you're with aftra which is another uh, part of the division in um, you know in the in, in the entertainment industry, so you're only allowed to get certain gigs that are based off of that union. Now you could do non-union, but you'll be hit a ton less with money and with um, not being able to get a lot of benefits from it, like. Um, if you ever listened to an episode of Talking Tunes with Rob Paulson, or if you ever seen the documentary I Know That Voice, then you would know that people who are non-union, they would get a dub rate, which would be paid like uh, maybe like uh, $38 an hour, which I'm sure for a lot of people would be like, oh, wow, that sounds like a lot of money. But first of all, it's only like maybe four hours, and they would do those four hours by recording like maybe seven or eight episodes a bit. As opposed to like being unionized, you will probably maybe like do one or two episodes and if you're in a good show maybe you'll walk away from one day at least maybe about over a thousand dollars so yeah i would say that when it comes to that situation to save costs they would get other actors to play as their role and i guess uh, i haven't seen the responses from uh, the other voice actors, but uh, yeah, with Richard, he's not happy with it. I'm sure he would have loved to have been a part of it, but unfortunately, because it's non-union, he wasn't able to do it. Yeah, and like, uh, I mean, again, you know, given the fact that you know, in the past, you know, the video games have always kind of like had different, you know, voice actors for like, you know, compared to like what's actually there, it doesn't surprise me in the slightest that that you know that that's happened, you know. So uh, yeah. 
That's all I got to say. Yeah. <laughs> and don't forget, I mean, if you're upset that, oh, no, you know, Richard Horvitz as Zim is not in a new video game, well... They literally just did a patch for Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl where they included voice actors and Richard is Zim. So, yeah, and also not to mention Carlos Ella's Rocky is Rocco and also the guy who voices Danny Phantom is the same guy and so is with Jenny. I mean, obviously not with Powder Toastman because the voice actor for him had passed away, but they got his sound alike. And so, yeah, they're all there. So I know that a lot of people are upset about this, but, you know, I would say just, you know, for those don't, who are- Don't buy the game. If you really feel that strongly about it, don't buy the game. Well, I mean, the game is free anyway, so just don't download well, don't, it. Don't download it then. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, uh, but by the way, like, how can it? How can they do all this and it be free? Like, they like, I, I, is that game also got like loads of ads, kind of like placed plastered all over I, the place? I, have, I mean, you know how it is. You know, with these free online games, it's like uh, very similar to like Overwatch or very similar to like a whole I, bunch I, of I, games I, in which, I, like, you I, know, I, you... I believe there is, you know, nothing. You, you, there's always a price for these things. Like, there's a reason why, like, you know, things like. You know, uh, say for example, Open TTD, like you know, Transport Tycoon Deluxe. You know, like you know, there's a reason why that's free because yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's of people like him together and like you know, put their game together because they they because they loved it. You know, like I I highly doubt Smite is the same the same. I, deal. I'm sure for a lot of these games that I've seen online, they would make their money from oh, uh, do you want to be able to buy this skin for this uh, particular player? Yeah. Or oh, do you want to be able to um you know get more currency for buying additional stuff? So yeah, I would say. That's probably where they make their money. Exactly. From. Yeah. So again, like nothing, nothing is like you know, they don't. Nothing's ever free. It always something always comes at a price. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So let's go over to the next bit of news. So finally, we can celebrate for the Animation Guild regarding about that there'll be some new contracts with film and television that they've been working on for so long after months and months of strikes and stating about how important it is to pay your animators and give them benefits so that they don't have to overwork and not get properly paid and given their benefits now there's going to be an agreement on it thank god that we finally reached something you know what unionization just you know this is what it gives you like you know it's uh, i mean a lot of people are saying oh you know like uh um, oh, oh, look at all these like you know union workers are like you know getting like you know these uh, you know these contracts and they believe like it's either excessive or something like that. No, it's like a lot of these people you know are in this union because they, you know they want you know uh, a good standard you know they want a standard of living that is actually you know going to be viable and like uh, that's the reason why I see a lot of unionization currently going on across the place. That's the reason why I see a lot of these you know like, yeah. strikes are going on because you know like you know they are striking for you know uh, better paying conditions that you know is actually coming up with the cost of inflation. Uh, I mean, like, if you are in a job that, uh, you know, uh, that is not paying the way and you're looking at other, you know, uh, unions and saying, like, you know, well, how come they get all that thing? Maybe, you know, I'm really surprised you don't put two and two together and say, you know, like, uh, you know, maybe you should be asking yourself that question. Why is it that your pay is not better? Yeah. You know? So uh, according to what the statement says on Deadline, members of the Animation Guild, IATSE Local 839, had voted overwhelmingly to ratify a new film and TV contract with the Alliance of motion picture and television producers the vote was 87 percent in favor of ratification no way really 87 <laughs> percent 
Awkward. Okay, so this is what it says. This ratification vote shows that the membership has acknowledged the incredible work of our negotiation subcommittees and dedicated themselves to continuing the work. While we, were, we have achieved significant gains, we were not able to reach all the priorities we set out to achieve and that our members deserve. The local has dedicated itself to member engagement and open discussions on how to achieve those goals, and the membership has responded by ratifying the agreement and agreeing to support efforts to build our strength as a union and community to give us greater leverage in the future. Future. I must acknowledge and thank each member of the committee for their hard work over this long negotiation period and thank the leadership and staff of the local for their never-ending support. According to the Guild, this is what the new contract will include. Establishing wage minimums for streaming derivative and original work. Programs that fell under the new media high budget threshold provided for freely negotiable wages. Now derivative and original productions of at least 11 minutes in length and budgeted at least 25000 or more per minute are subjugated to wage minimums. For the first time in history of the agreement, writers have their own job classification. That's right. Believe it or not, writers in animation had practically none of that. And a framework to build the ladder of progression. I'm sure if you've seen people, um, you know, like um, Otis, um, yeah, um, Owen Dennis from, you know, who created um, Infinity Train, he held up two different scripts. He said, this is the script for an animation show. This is the script for a live action show. They're both the same length and contain very similar, you know, uh, character buildup and stories and all that kind of stuff. The only difference is that, an, um, that a, a script from a live action show will pay you three times as much. Anyway, so continuing on, the progression has added new classifications for wage minimums and addresses issues related to compensation for experienced writers who are not in a supervisory role. Next, a pathway for union-covered remote work outside of L.A. County in an unpublished side letter. The employers agreed that members who work remotely outside the state can continue to do so and be covered by the agreement under specified circumstances. This is not a mandatory subject of bargaining. Okay, this is huge. Now, during the pandemic, people had to work from home, and there were a lot of people who had to work from other places, even so much as South Korea. So the fact that people who work in the industry do not have to worry about, oh, you know, now that everybody's going to be working from home, does that mean that I have to be forced to live in California so that I can be able to get the benefits and pay? No, no, you don't. Now you can be able to um, continue to work from wherever that you live and be covered with the same amount of benefits and pay that you would if you were working locally. This is a big deal, by the way. Yeah, I mean, like, again, you know, they didn't get everything that they wanted, but at least they got something, you know, yeah. like, and that's going to be way better than nothing at the yeah. end of the day. Next off, extended parental leave protections to address other life events such as caring for a family member with a serious health condition, and finally, retroactive wage increases. Well... Yeah, yeah, there we go. Like, you know, like, uh, again, like, uh, I mean, I, w I really wish people would stop hating on unions because all they're doing is looking after their membership when they go for, you know, What is the deal with people feeling like unions are going to ruin things? Because they've been brainwashed into believing that, um, you, you know, that they have to suffer, basically, for their work, you know, which they shouldn't have to do. Like, you know, if they want to negotiate a better settlement for, you know, uh, you know for, for their labor, then they should, you know, that's what they should do. Like, you know, they should stop 
stop looking at everyone and blaming the rest of the world for the, for the situation that they're in and start doing something about themselves. You know, like, and say, like, hey, you know, I deserve better. Like, you know, I deserve a better rate of pay because right now what I'm doing is not working. And I have to go back to the bank of mum and dad in order to keep bailing myself out. It's not a sustainable, it's not a sustainable, um, you know, way to live. And uh, they, they really need to start standing up for themselves a lot more instead of blaming everybody else for the situation that they ended, they've ended up in. Yeah. So even though that they weren't able to get everything that they were fighting for, at least we're in the process of getting some benefits that have been desperately needed, especially with everything that's been going on during the pandemic. You know, Owen Dennis and Alex Hirsch and Dana Terrace and Matt Brawley and a lot of people who work in the industry were talking about how they were struggling so that they can be able to meet tight deadlines. By the way, Dana Terrace has to illegally stream her own show. Yeah, because she can't afford it. Yeah. What the hell kind of sense does that make? How crazy is that? You know, back in back in the day, you know, Craig would, would flip on the t- Craig Bartlett would flip on the TV and watch his own episodes of Hey Arnold. Like, you know, like they, they can't seem to do that no more. <laughs> oh my god, this is pretty How sad. How backwards are we going as a, as a, as the animation industry going? And the fact that you know, creators of their own shows can't afford to watch their own shit. Yeah, it's just it's uh, so as far as I'm concerned, you know, if people want to unionize, if people want, you know, to to negotiate for better paying conditions, if they're going to strike about it, all power to them. You know, like it's, uh, you know, it's their it's their livelihood at the end of the day. And everybody else who is critical of that should just butt out as far as I'm concerned. And and all for the people who are saying, oh, you know, why are people working so hard to, you know, get the stuff? It's just at the end of the day, this is just kids entertainment. Well, guess what? That kids entertainment was able to keep the end industry of hollywood and entertainment alive while live action actors weren't able to go into the studios because of covid so you better oh, by be- the way that, that kids entertainment was entertaining your kids <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly. what it was doing <laughs> and uh, also entertaining us too but that's, yeah, beside that's the point. The point yeah yeah but yeah yeah exactly so for the people who are complaining about like oh why should we even care it's like because these are people and they deserve to be given the right amount of money and benefits, especially since they were able to put out entertainment back when they couldn't do movies and TV shows without people getting sick from COVID. I mean, hello, come on, get a clue. Exactly. Anyway, enough about that. Let's talk about something else that's kind of controversial. Mm -hmm. So luck. The Skydance Animation Studio, you know, one that was done by John Lasseter, now has the announcement of his first animated film, which is called Luck, and that will be released on Apple TV on August 5th. And surprise, surprise, it looks very Pixar-ish. Uh-huh. Anyway, here's the plot synopsis. So... It's about Sam Greenfield, the unluckiest person in the world. She stumbles upon the never-before-seen land of luck. She sets out a quest to bring some good luck home for her best friend. But when humans are not allowed, her only chance is teaming up with the magical creatures who live there to do it. And the cast includes Jane Fonda, Whoopi Goldberg, Simon Pegg, Flula Borg, Lil Ray Howery, Colin O'Donohue, John Ratzenberger! Oh, really? <laughs> Look who's back. And Andolin Spoon. So, yeah. Okay. So, we know that this is going to be one of two that's going to be coming out. The other one being Spellbound. And that's going to be um, on Paramount, from what I understand. So, yeah. This is going to be pretty interesting, considering that we know that John Lasseter, you know, he was the one who is in charge of this um, animation division. And a lot of people are really hesitant on even watching it. Well, I mean, like, uh, here's the thing about this. Like, as far as I'm, as far as I'm aware, 
where he's only doing like a consulting role with yeah. this guy down. So like you know he's he's in the background, but he's not at the forefront. No, so, he's so, not. I mean, like uh, the fact that Sky Dance have like you know employed him, I think uh, some people are going to take some exceptions to that, no doubt whatsoever. Yeah, I guess but, it's kind of tricky because it's like, oh, you know, here's this animated show that's going to be really really cool, but oh, get this, John K is the creative consultant. When people watch that. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, so, I mean, but, uh, I mean, in regards to, um, you know, putting Lassiter to one side, I mean, if we ju- let's just judge the... This let's is just the, judge the thing is, on its own. Is it fair to say that just because, you know, there is someone that we don't particularly like hanging around in the background that, you know, the thing that's at the forefront is going to basically be terrible. It automatically becomes bad. Yeah. I don't I don't necessarily think that's fair. I, I'd rather, like, put that to one side and let's just judge this thing on its own merits. I've looked at the trailer, and as far as I'm concerned, it looks very Pixar. Starish. It uh, looks like, I mean, it kind of reminds me of Soul, and it kind of reminds me of like you know other, you know, it kind of also kind of it kind of feels boss babyish a little bit as well. Oh, like geez. here's a here's some here's somebody in the human world who travels into this other whole like luck world or whatever it is. Like it just it's uh, it doesn't feel all that imaginative when you really think about it. It doesn't feel like Sky Dance, as far as I'm concerned, in that you putting this forward, they, they don't feel like they're doing something that makes it unique. That, that's like, going to be a problem, especially I, since nowadays the animation industry is vaster than ever and you really need to make a high standard in order for you to do this like every single and it's anim- infected with minions right now fuck exactly but we're going, we'll get to that in a bit anyway but, but yeah, yeah. I, if, if, if Skydance Animation just wants to be able to stand out on its own and become a major contender with the likes of DreamWorks and Pixar and um, Disney and Sony and fucking illumination then they need to be able to do something that's going to stand out that's going to be like oh wow this is an animation in a uh, company that i'm going to be on the lookout for as opposed to one that you were just going to push off into the side yeah just like uh, look right now doesn't feel like it has much look around it like you know it's just, <laughs> you know, it just it, again like it has a protagonist who may be you know also on top of that as well like you know they're going in an interesting direction with this like you know the uh, mind you like you know the protagonist the soul was not, you know, a child or anything like no. that. Like, you know, it's, it's like, it's no cute animated character or anything like that. It looks like, you know, uh, a, a woman who probably would be around the, like her twenties. Mm-hmm. Like Look, work, working, a, you know, a, a pretty cruddy job. You know, her life isn't all that great because she's uh, runs into bad luck wherever she goes and things like that. Maybe that's someone who can be, you know, they can sympathize with, I guess. And sure. maybe that might be something that will pull, you know, people towards, you know, Apple or something like that. Imagine, this, this is going to be an Apple TV. Film, yes, it is. It, it is so. an Apple TV experience exclusive exactly so i think maybe there might be something there for you know people to kind of be brought into it maybe i don't know we'll see but uh, i mean like again like i'm it's pretty telling that this is going to be an apple tv exclusive and it's not going to be brought out to theaters as far as i'm aware mm-hmm. so like i think you know if this went out to theaters i think people will see right through it immediately they will see it immediately it's very similar to uh, what was it? Snow dogs in which like, oh no, Arctic dogs. I'm sorry. Arctic dogs. And, um, what was it? Norm of the North. Yeah, exactly. In which like, you know, those two movies were done by the same animation company and it looks cheap. It looks like something that would be released on streaming or, or, or direct to video. It doesn't look like something that should be released in theaters. By the way, anyone who says that Norm of the North is popular, Norm of the North is popular for all the wrong reasons. Okay. So, yeah. Like, it, it had like what, like three or four sequels after that. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, but I think, you know, people were like ironically liking it really. Yeah, exactly. Like, 
ironically yeah. liking it. But at the end of the day, this is just the trailer. And when it comes out on August 5th, we're just going to, um, I mean, we'll see what the reactions are of some people. And who knows? I mean, if you guys want us to check it out, then please, you know, let us know. All right, then. So, unfortunately, we're going to move on to some sadder news because... Well, it's been a sad week for Japan. Oh, yeah, oh yeah absolutely. Okay, we we're, were talking about Shinjo Abe probably at the end of the show, but, uh, I mean, like, uh, so, uh, Kazu uh, Kazuki Takahashi, who was the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh!, has sadly died after a diving accident. And, yeah. And uh, I can't, you know, my heart goes out to all the Yu-Gi-Oh! fans, by the way, because, you know, they're, they're a very loyal fan base, and, uh, you know, I've, I've been following them pretty much, and, uh, you know, well, also, um, you know, there's, there's the comic book before, you know the TV show before the cars. Obviously, there was the uh, you know the, the, the comic book series. Yeah, yeah. There was the manga that manga, came out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, the manga came out around the mid '90s, and originally it was going to be focusing on like different games, like dice and different cards and board games. But then everybody saw the cards and they're like, "How do you play that? I want to learn." And so that was when he said, "Okay, I'm just going to make the next arc of my manga based off of this card game." And so then it just blew up when it was animated and then when it reached over to america it became rival with pokemon as like one of the biggest things that anime had ever featured and, but quote me if i'm wrong i think Yu-Gi-Oh came in just at the right time because i think pokemon cards were getting a bit tiresome at that time and i think we were moving on to the video games exactly and yeah. into that and they felt i think that people a lot of people felt like you know they needed something else that was not pokemon and yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh came, came around yeah it came out around 2001 2002 exactly. so it was around the time in which when we were just getting uh, gold and silver and then the Pokemon franchise was kind of like a little bit on the declining side so this was kind of like their next big thing so yeah um, he only worked on the original stuff so anything past Yu-Gi-Oh like Yu-Gi-Oh GX or Yu-Gi-Oh 5Ds or Yu-Gi-Oh Zexal or Yu-Gi-Oh 5D um, no I already um, V-Reigns that's what I was going to say or Yu-Gi-Oh 7s he had absolutely nothing to do with it exactly and so I think uh, but you know like he revolutionized you know uh, pretty much a whole generation to say, you know, there's nothing, there's something more to Pokemon. Here's Yu-Gi-Oh! And so not only that, we've got this really cool TV show, we've got this really cool manga, and we've got this basically this whole world that you can get invested yourself yeah, in. Yeah, and also the movie, too. Now, not counting, I, I haven't seen Yu-Gi-Oh! the movie, but I have seen Yu-Gi-Oh! The Dark Side of Dimensions, which is a movie that he wrote, by the way, and he even animated one scene, which is the scene in which when Yu-Gi was actually getting his deck together. So, yeah, he had a passion for that one. He, that was the only movie he worked on. I saw it in theaters, and I even did a podcast of it several years ago when the movie was out, so please go check it out. Anyway, so, yeah, uh, according to um, uh, just, like, literally a few hours ago, the autopsy was revealed that it showed off that he did die by drowning. So, he was on the, um, he was in Okinawa, and he was, uh, you know, going to be diving and snorkeling, and then... You know, there was a severe accident that just happened, and then uh, the Japan Ghost uh, Guard found him laying there dead, and so they then got him, and then they found out that, you know, he died from drowning on July 6th, and... Um, that, that is so sad. Yeah. Like, you know, that, that was, that was been some horror show. Like, you yeah. know, when they found him, like, uh, yeah, they, they found out who he was, for who he was too. I like, mean, we, we don't know what, what was the case, but it, it's gotten to the point in which not only the Japanese actors have said their condolences, but the American actors as well. Like, well, everyone, um, you know, the whole world's basically, you know, reeling over every, this. Like, you know, the, the, the Yu-Gi-Oh was like, I mean, I wouldn't say like, you know, obviously Pokemon's obviously going to 
be like you know the 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 king of cards and the king of you know oh yeah sure pokemon is like the biggest franchise next to dragon ball exactly yeah but you know like even you know the even the pokemon fans would look at Yu-Gi-Oh and say oh wow that was that was something oh yeah absolutely you know so so for takahashi to pass away in this way like you know a a lot of like the a lot of fandoms are like saying oh wow like you know that that's that's horrendous it's absolutely and you know it it really does make you feel about your mortality a little bit really when you yeah don't don't take your life for granted i would say exactly yeah like we all but this is the thing a lot of people do and this is what i always say about you know when we have like death like this like you know we all take life for granted you know we should live as many long lives as we should potentially can you know live them to the fullest yeah even in the even the most mundane things appreciate it exactly yeah yeah and it's gotten to the point in which when um you know they were saying their condolences like eric stewart the voice of kaiba and um tara sands who is the voice of mokuba dan green is now on twitter and he gave his condolences as well Mm -hmm. that is crazy because dan green has never been on social media and the one time in which he decided to start a twitter account was to pay his condolences to takahashi yeah like it's just so well i think he also wanted to give back a little bit to the uk fans too absolutely yes because this is this is a hard time for them yeah oh by the way uh follow him on twitter at dan green voices exactly so um our condolences also to the family of uh, you know the, the friends and f- f- family of uh Kasuji takahashi because you know it's um it's a terrible tragedy it, it absolutely gut-wrenching yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah i mean for anybody who's listening you know uh Pull out your old Yu-Gi-Oh cards from wherever that you have it. Watch the original animated series. Did you, did you see that? You, you, we went to Lancashire recently. We went to Preston, and uh, we actually went to the uh, went to the Geek Retreat over there. I remember, and, you know, yeah. Like, and there's actually a uh, you know a Yu-Gi-Oh table actually there. There was, yeah, yeah, because so, um, okay. you know the uh, after. After GX, um, the Yu-Gi-Oh games have constantly changed their rules. Instead of uh, there's been polymerizations, there's been Z summons, there's been synchro summons, there's been dimension summons, whatever. It's mm-hmm. it's gotten super complicated. Anyway, but yeah, um, if you want to be able to play like the original Yu-Gi-Oh in like your um, you know the way that you remember it from the original uh, from the 2000s, you know there's plenty of video games on that Yu-Gi-Oh Duel Links. Uh, there's plenty of other Yu-Gi-Oh games. One that just came out not too long ago. Um, watch Yu-Gi-Oh on Crunchyroll, whether it be English or Japanese. Uh, watch Yu-Gi-Oh Dark Side of the Dimensions. That's the good one. So yeah, uh, pay your respects. Yeah, I wonder if like uh, some of the comic conventions are going to soon be having. Uh, you uh, know, a I mean, li- literally. I mean, uh, Dan Green mentioned this. Uh, I don't know if we can actually play the the clip of what he said, but he said that he was actually in um, a convention recently, and he said that the, one of the the first questions that they asked him was about Kazumi Takahashi. Um, let me see if I can... Do you, uh, do you mind if we play it? Uh, well, uh, unfortunately, we haven't got the cable to do it, so like... Uh, oh, but, okay. Uh, well, uh, mind you, we will... We'll, we'll, uh, I think uh, eventually we'll get the equipment sorted out and we will start playing stuff off, you know... Off okay, the, okay, that's fine. Devices. Anyway, but yeah, that's liter- that was literally the first question that they asked him and Darren Dunstan, who is the voice of Pegasus. Is that, is that on Twitter that you... Yes, got it that is. Link? Well, link, link people to Twitter and... Uh, be, All know, right, yeah, I'll, I'll, leave it, I'll, I'll leave it over on Twitter for you guys to check it out. Cool. Anyway, okay. so yeah, um, major condolences to Kazumi Takahashi and uh, may he rest in peace. Yeah, I'll deep in sympathies with his uh, friends, family, and fans. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, um, we are moving on to um, E3. E3! Uh, E3! 
E3! So uh, we're finally getting E3, and uh, it's to the point where Reed Pops have to step in, which I think is a big thing for Reed Pop. Like, oh, you know, yes. for them to say, yeah, okay, we're going to help out with E3 in 2023. That's a big deal for them. Yes, like, you know, yes, E3 it is. has been, like, you know, the biggest gaming convention for, like, for the last couple of decades. Oh, yes. You know, like, until, like, you know, you know the, uh, the the Nintendo Directs, you know, the PlayStation, you know, things started. Yeah, started, the, started, the PlayStation yeah, Showcase. The Xbox Showcases and things like that. When the showcases started off, obviously, you know, before then, you know, you know, if you made, if you went to E3, you made it. You know, oh, basically, absolutely, like, yeah, yes. like E3 is a big thing. So, um, I'm hoping that in 2023, I'm interested to see what re- I mean. Repop recently revived, you know, MCM Comic Con. They recently acquired them, and uh, they started like putting like some more of their meteor kind of like you know things at their conventions. So I think yeah, for the, in addition you know, to but for re- MCM, you know, be, be, having Repop involved, I think it's been a good thing for them. Yeah, in but, addition to that, they also have access to PAX, which is also a huge convention in the Northeast. Then there's also New York Comic Con, which is the biggest convention in the Northeast, period. And then there's Star Wars Celebrations, which is, you know, one of the biggest conventions for Star Wars ever. So the fact that they have the, you know, they have the opportunity to bring E3 back from the dead, because we talked about this uh, a few months ago when we said E3 2022 has been canceled. Like, literally, no virtual showcase, nothing. So now that they're going to be brought back, and according to what it says, mind you, I'm, I'm looking forward to like all the like all the you know the idiot fans kind of around and say, "Well, they raise ticket prices." It's like it's a corporate <laughs> convention, you idiots. <laughs> Anyway, so according to what the Variety article says, after scrapping the in-person LA event over ongoing concerns about the spread of the coronavirus, ESA said it wouldn't host a virtual show either in 2022 and would focus on, quote-unquote, delivering a revitalized physical and digital E3 experience next summer. So, E3 2023 will welcome back publishers, developers, journalists, content creators, manufacturers, buyers, and licensors. They will feature digital showcases and in-person consumer components. ESA in announcing the return of E3 to LA hyped next year's event as a, quote-unquote, week of Titanic AAA reveals Earth-shaking world premieres exclusive access to the future world of video games and here's the thing like they have all the muscle to pull this off as well like you know when, when mcm got, got taken by reed like they they brought in i mean before uh, you know wwe came in like you know stole him you know like dave batista was actually scheduled to be in mcm london you know like uh, you know the convention that i was at like it was like oh wow batista's gonna be there and like then wwe signed him and they just stole him away but you know like they, they have the muscle to do that like you know if they want to bring in a big celebrity to come into E3 and like say, oh hey, you know these guys are going to come in. They're going to show off their games, or you know they're going to do meet and greets and things like that. Like you know, Reebok can do that. Yeah, like, you know, yeah, like, exactly. you know, also, they're not far away from, you know, they're in Los Angeles, like, you know, they're not far away from Hollywood either. So, like, you know, for, uh, for E, I mean, it really is interesting to see, like, you know, who's, who's, who, who, I think this is a win-win deal for both E3 and Reedpop. Like, you know, they've got, they've now got the biggest, uh, helping out with the biggest gaming convention, like, you know, on the planet. And also, you know, uh, E3 now has access to, like, you know, all sorts of, like, uh, you know, things that Reedpop do with their Comic-Cons. I think this is a really going to be good relationship between the two. I agree as well. Yeah. All right, so going on for some more interesting news regarding about California and the animation industry. So uh, California has granted $2.5 million in starting funding for an animation museum, including a group of animation figures, including the director of Frozen, who wanted to do a physical animation museum in the Burbank, Glendale, Pasadena area, which makes a lot of sense because those specific, those three specific areas is where animation happens. Well, Burbank is a legendary for, like, you know, as well animated shows. Hey, Arnold's one of them, and 
and uh, you know uh, a lot of Nickelodeon, a lot of Cartoon Network, a lot of like yeah. uh, some of our you know childhood is based was was created there. I mean, well, technically it was like put in a, you know an animation studio in South Korea, but you know, like, sure. yeah, but you know the ideas were generated there pretty much. And so, um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to the idea of having you know something there like you know uh, memorializes you know like uh, what uh, was like some of our biggest you know su- uh, successes. Yeah, you know in in, in animation. So uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, you know seeing that actually open up and because you know as well as well like animation museums like, there's one place I would love to see they to them to turn into an animation museum you know why that is what is that the Hannibal Barry Studios that are still vacant to this day oh my god that is a great idea I, I, I mean think about it we have like the his I know a lot of people have their issues with Hanna Barbera's like oh they just recycle the same characters over and over again and the animation looks like it was made on a five dollar budget and they recycle animation walks and whatever I don't care this is like the we're talking about like Hanna Barbera which is the staple of animation for decades Hanna Barbera created the Flintstones like you know Hanna Barbera made Scooby Doo yeah like uh, they made some pretty heavy by the way they're still you know making waves even today you know like those those, those IPs like they're legendary in regards yeah, to the yeah I animation. mean Jellystone is huge on HBO Max and also like also there's all the Jellystone parks that like littered around America too like you know like uh, exactly. You know, yeah, exactly so Yogi Bear's still like pretty big around yeah America. Exactly. exactly Yogi Bear the Flintstones the Jetsons Scooby Doo yeah. Do you remember when we were doing like you know remember the fantasy fantasy presidential elections we were doing like you know like you know you know uh, Ginger Foutley against you know like you know and uh, people like that and uh, one of them what we did I think it was like Yogi Bear versus Wiley Coyote I mean people have such a hatred of coyotes that they want to shoot them and then Yogi Bear like got theme parks all over the place like you know, it's like you know it, it was a wipeout but I mean um, in regards to uh, animation museums I'm really glad that they're being done because uh, we still get to go to the like, the New York uh, what is it yeah, mo- the uh, museum oh, of moving image yeah, yeah the museum of moving image. Exactly, yeah, like, and that's in New York, so that's one that, that, that we're aware yeah, of. Yeah, but so. it's not focusing specifically on animation, it's specifically focusing on, like, how the film industry and how everything works. I mean, they have the history of the cameras that they used to do, they yeah. talk about ADR, they talk about stop motion, they talk about all these different things. I mean, when I was over there, they had a display of the Muppets. Exactly, Like, yeah. you know, we're talking about, like, Sesame Street, and we're talking about Muppets, and I know, you know, for some people it's like, oh, but that's cheating because the Astoria Studios where Sesame Street is being filmed is literally right around the corner and I'm like shut up no, I don't get it, to like get to I, I don't it's not like I can just walk into Sesame Street Studios immediately this is like the closest thing that I'll ever get to see of it exactly yeah and uh, also I think uh, but you know the one thing that annoys me about the fact that you know uh, museums like will have exhibits for like animation but nothing dedicated to animation which yeah I, think I mean the only the closest thing that we did see was when Aaron and I we went over to the Morikami Museum and we saw the ghost and the shell exhibit exactly yeah but i mean you know um there's nothing like you know that kind of like has you know unless you go to japan like i'm pretty sure japan has a lot of like you know japan has the studio ghibli museum that's going to open up and i want to go yeah we we, we, you know like that's on the bucket list somewhere down like we are going to go to japan at some point oh oh, that would be so great yeah so but you know and right now like i just think that animation deserves a lot more like you know to learn about the history and everything like that and by the way having a museum in the place where new animators are actually going to be there and you know they should actually go there and themselves can also learn about you know the animation industry in, in the museum so yeah. like, you know for, for those who are budding you know uh, animation uh, people who are going to be some somebody in the future for them to have a museum to figure out you know where they who who their forefathers were i think that's a great idea yeah i mean we already have the comic museum a uh, shout out to um andrew farrago by the way the curator of the comic uh, museum and uh, and i think it's in san francisco so shout out to him anyway but yeah we already have that 
that, where we get to like highlight things such as uh, Calvin and Hobbes and Garfield and Peanuts. Those are great. But an animation museum here, it'll definitely prove that animation deserves to be archived just as much as art, just as much as sculpting, just as much as anything. I just think it's necessary from an educational point of view because, like, you know, you know, we've got like all like all the technical college, like colleges and universities. Yes. Like just down the road from Manchester here, only like 20 minutes away. And so also we didn't get managed to get into it, but the Manchester Science and Industry Museum. Yeah, like, well, a, they'll you know, be opening up pretty soon. Exactly, yeah. But, you know, there's a reason why the Science and Industry Museum exists because, you know, it's like it's to tell, like, you know, where, where basically they left you know they they first off with science and industry and so you know for burbank to have you know something kind of like that i think i think it's a brilliant idea because not just for like you know just to keep you know memories alive of like you know what uh, where animation comes from but i think it's uh, it's going to be important for all the younger people that are going to be you know getting into animation so it's going to be important for them oh yeah absolutely all right, now we're going to open up to something that just... Oh, God. Okay. Well, I, I'm quite surprised you actually wanted to talk about this, to be quite honest with you. Like, I, people are happy, I, I think people wanted me to like give my thoughts into it, because especially since you know she sang the theme song of a show that I've talked about a million times at this point. So, for those who don't know, Macy Gray was a... Well, she still is. She she is a R&B singer who was really well-known around the late 90s and 2000s. She had a, a song that became really big in the Billboard top... Uh, uh, 50, uh, top 20, I think top 100. Um, I don't know which rank it was at that point, but it was called I Try back in 1999. And so because she was getting really popular at the time, she was brought in to sing the theme song I was told by Ginger, and she sung a, a few other theme songs uh, for Emily Kapnick with Emily Reasons Why Not. Anyway, so she's still, um, you know, singing, and she still has her concert and all that stuff. It was brought up recently because she appeared in Pierce Morgan's show. By the way, another guy who's basically overexposed and, uh, you know, like, uh, just, you know, by the way, uh, I, why, why we, Pierce Morgan, you know, claims to keep constantly being cancelled, you know, time and time and time again. Here, here we are talking about him. He never goes away. Does anyone ever notice that? What did you describe him as? A bad smell? A bad smell that won't go away. Or someone, yeah. someone that lives like rent free in everyone's brains. Like, you know, just won't, just won't go away. Like, you know, like, uh, and he claims that, like, you know, uh, people won't, 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 won't want to silence him. It's like, you know, no, dude. It's just no one cares anymore about, you know, the fact that, you know, your, your hatred of Megan Markle. Like, you know, dude, just, just go away, you know? Yeah. We've um, had enough. Yeah. So she appeared in the bad smell that won't go away's show where she was discussing about the trans community. She was, uh, you know, talking about the quote-unquote confusing state of gender identity, specifically referencing the whole she, he, they pronoun usage. Though she shared Morgan's stance on supporting trans rights for fairness and equality, she also agreed with his view that trans women born to obvious superior physical bodies should be prohibited from competing against cis women in sports. Which is really stupid because, like, that's like a very small minority. It's a very small, maybe less than one percent of like all athlete, all female athletes. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, she said, "I totally agree. I will say this, and everybody's going to hate me, but as a woman." Just because you go changing your parts, it doesn't make you a woman. Oh boy. Okay. So, um, you know, I'm really glad Macy Gray 
has had the uh, wonderful opportunity to, you know, be able to accept herself as a woman and has never been put in the difficult situation of feeling confused about her gender. I'm really glad that she's, you know, uh, been feeling very comfortable about herself. However, that is because it's good enough for her doesn't mean it's good enough for everybody else. This yeah. is the problem that we have with this. You know, like, uh, you know, me and Patricia are very lucky, you know, I still feel comfortable with myself, you know, being a straight male and obviously you feel comfortable being a straight, a straight woman. Yes. I mean, that, that, the, those things that we feel comfortable with i mean if we're in you know in other circumstances we will be finding it very difficult right now with uh, with ourselves in fact i don't think we'll be doing this podcast we'll be you know, too, too busy you know worrying about you know like who we are as people yeah you know, and everything i mean like i that. i always like, i mean i would question myself of who i am as a person but not because of my gender but because of other things like you know who am i as an individual you know in this world of other people what can i do to contribute to society what can i do to you know feel good about myself and feel and you know help others feel good about themselves yeah, but then there's other people by the way this is a small group of people that we're talking about who are not in that situation who exactly. you know, are having even more frustration frustrations with themselves and it affects them mentally every single day oh yes and, absolutely you know, the, the, the macy gray makes this comment it's oh like, yeah and just, and she continues on by the way oh well, what, 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 what she okay say? she says if you want me to call you a her i will because that's what you want but that doesn't make you a woman just because i call you a her and just because you got a surgery she also expresses personal experience with gender and complete unique experience of growing up as a young woman which she feels she must live in order to attain as uh and her womanhood surgery or finding yourself doesn't change that being a little girl is a whole epic book you know and you can't have that just because you want to be a woman Later saying she does not think you should be labeled transphobic because you just don't agree. And then, guess what happened? Everybody flipped their shit! Well, of course they did. Like, you know, it's just, it's, uh, again, Macy Gray made a pretty terrible statement. And yes. obviously everyone reacted accordingly as far oh, as I'm oh, concerned. Oh, 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 get this. This is what she tweeted later after her appearance on the Pierce Morgan show. Right. She said, I got nothing but love for LGBT and transgender communities. I have been a supporter since day one and never fake one. My statement on Pierce Morgan was grossly misunderstood. I respect everyone's right to be whoever they want to be. So that's what she said on Twitter the next day. Well, I mean, first of all, she probably shouldn't have been on Piers Morgan to begin with. I mean, like, uh, that's just, uh, you know, should have... Uh, that should never... You know, the fact that she even did that, I mean, like, uh, I think uh, has already kind of, like, uh, made a lot of people... Uh, you know, very uncomfortable. I think uh, in regards to uh, that, but uh, yeah, and know. then and then of course, and then it just continued on. Like uh, Johnny Sibley, who's an actor on Hacks and Pose, he said this: Macy Gray saying transphobic stuff is whack as fuck. Report that, you turfs. And Pierce Morgan said, if there's one thing worse than the vicious trans activist mob coming for women who defend women, it's virtual signaling men like this, fueling the pylon, repulsive. What the hell are you talking about, Again, Piers who Morgan? Again, who gives a shit what Piers Morgan has to say? I, I'm, I'm really sorry, but as far as I'm concerned, Piers Morgan should no longer have a career anymore. He should just, you know, he, sh he should just disappear into the background. Maybe he'll have like a little column, like in a newspaper that barely anybody reads, or maybe like a little blog somewhere. He, he should have gone to, you know, you know, you know Bill O'Reilly. Like, you know, where, where, where's he been recently? No one talks about Bill O'Reilly anymore. <laughs> exactly, like, you know, he should have faded into the background with the Bill O'Reillys and, you know, the Roland Martins and, like, you know, all the 
other people who allowed you know chatterboxes on a television who basically have now you know gone past their sell-by date and are now should just basically just fade into the background and you know that, that that's it you've had you've had your fame now you've had your money you've had everything else you know just please just go you know just just go away to the side we've had enough yeah you know like as far as i'm concerned because you know yeah if you notice that Piers morgan never has anything positive to add to a debate uh, at all yeah I mean, nothing positive at all you know yeah. I, I, well i mean at least macy had apologized and she said that her statement was misunderstood on the show but still that doesn't look good oh well, she shouldn't again she shouldn't have been on Piers morgan to begin with yeah and, and then a lot of people that, that's, were, why, that's why i just like her right now like you know the fact that you know she, she she's you know she's you know uh happily you know uh keeping Piers morgan's career Active by basically taking this taking this gig. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know if she got bad advice in regards to doing that. I don't know if she went on her on her own volition. I don't. Or I don't know. Her agent, you know, but put her up. To, I have no idea. I have no I, idea. I don't know. How, I don't know how this uh, how this interview came up. But as far as I'm concerned, it was a bad move to do it. You know, it, it was the wrong. It, she was in the wrong place at the wrong time, and she said the wrong thing. And here we are. Yeah, and and then on my as told by Ginger feed because I follow it because you know, uh, I'm that person. <laughs> oh, good. You are. So everybody who saw that interview with Pierce Morgan were basically saying Macy Gray, the 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 you know the singer from the two thousands who sang the "As Told by Ginger" theme song. Well, I'm never going to listen to it anymore. Or every time I'm going to see it on Paramount Plus, I'm just going to hit the skip button. So well, yeah. I mean, do they have skip intros on uh, on Paramount Plus? Yes, like, they do. Oh, they do. Okay, well, you can. Just I mean, skip it, the it, intro. yeah, it's a state, it's a staple at this point. Yeah, they they also have it on Netflix too. Anyway, and then I said on Twitter. For those who felt that the As Told by Gene theme song was quote-unquote ruined, there are also more versions of the theme song. Listen to either Melissa Disney's version or listen to Chris Summers' version. Which, by the way, I mean... I would say. Well, here's the thing. I, I don't think Paramount Plus is going to go out of the way and like you know, kind of like you know, just uh, you know, re you know, redo the, all the intros. No, of no, no, no. Jen, they, you know? they, they won't be able to do that at this point. It's already too late. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't think they're going to do that. But uh, I mean, like, uh, I mean, unfortunately, like you know, Macy Gray is now on the intro of Ad Told by Ginger. And you know, here's the thing about this: like, uh, I, mind you, the one thing I'm hoping for is that you know, I think people will somewhat like forget this whole episode. I think you know, in regards to Pierce Morgan, I think you know, I I've personally think that I suppose she should just like apologize for like you know I mean she technically she... did well yeah exactly I think she just apologized that she ever brought Piers Morgan into in, into this to begin with knowing exactly what was going to happen and then you know obviously you know just uh, uh she should probably just draw a line everyone should just draw a line under it and just move on yeah, I, I, I would say the same thing. Exactly. Like, you know, we've got outraged, you know, for the right reasons, in my opinion. I think now it's time, like, you know, okay, that she, she's admitted that she made a mistake, and I think now it's Yeah, time let's just move on. Right. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, let's anyway, talk let's about... Move s- <laughs> yeah, let's move on. So, oh, God, this is going to piss me off, I swear to God. What's this? Okay, so... We talked about how the Minions, the Rise of Gru, made so much money in the box office. They made over $100 million in its opening weekend, and they're close to making a billion dollars. So there's this huge trend right now that's become a meme of teenagers dressing up in suits and going to see the Minions movie, while in between throwing banana peels all over the place. Well, hang on a second. Let's, let's give this its due. First of all, Gentle Minions was like the TikTok, you know, uh, trend. I know, that, that the TikTok on. trend, yes. Exactly. So it was a bunch of people like you know, going up in 
suits and uh, they were kind of like you remember the room uh, you know when uh, that, that yes. took off like you know with uh, Tommy Wiseau and uh, you know they he started doing screenings of it and uh, you know everyone could like come up in suits and throw footballs around I thought it was originally kind of like based off that but apparently now it is kind of like you know this uh, apparently like the idea there is they, they go into suits because they kind of like you know want to be kind of like grew themselves in a exactly. way so I think yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that's where it's coming from and yeah so, and I mean, that's, that's, that's fine I'm not angry about that I'm but just the, here's the thing though like you know this is the reason why I say maybe some of the criticisms we're about to have about it are a bit unfair because people treated it like that like the majority of people who you know went to the cinema and like you know decided to have like you know, this like, kind of like party in the theater and kind of left it at that that's perfectly fine well, I'm not angry well, about that either I'm yeah. just angry that it's happening with minions well it's this is again like you know we had this discussion last week you know like unfortunately you know this is the direction that you know we're going in right now and uh, you know it's not a good direction unfortunately like you know and by the way that's not to accept that Lightyear was a good movie or no. anything like that exactly not you know we'll obviously give our thoughts about that you know later on but in regards to um you know minions um you know okay like a, by the way keep this in mind people grew up with minions as despicable me movies I know. as well exactly so i mean like uh, there is the first movie actually was pretty good so like it, you know, yes it was yeah, it was and so i mean it, it's fair for it to have its own fans so i'm sure people who grew up with like the original despicable me movies will like you know want to go see you know minions the rise of group because Gru is in it like, yeah you know, yeah origin, i get it i mean i have story, i so. mean i don't have any issues with despicable me like with Gru and the and the three girls i don't have issues with that at all i just don't like minions period. i really don't like minions either but uh, to be fair to them in this instance like you know the gentle minions like trend and like the vast majority of people who partake in gentle minions are not causing the issues it's the people who like again there's always that small minority of people who want to ruin it for everybody else and that's the reason why we're getting things like you know theaters is banning you know kids from like wearing suits which by the way is so stupid <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just like, oh hey, you know, um, oh, so they're not allowed to wear suits, but you know, if they wear a turtleneck or something like that, they can walk straight in, like you know, it's just, it's a, that, that is not going to stop a bunch of rowdy kids going into theaters and basically causing havoc. Yeah, but you know, this was happening even before you know Gentle Minions meme. Yes, it's become a bit more prevalent, but you know, like, uh, um, I just think it, you know, it was, it's almost, it's on par with like, you know, remember that theater that turned around and said like, you know, we'll fast forward through like, you know, the uh, the the kissing scene in oh, Lightyear. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's sort of on par with that. Yeah. Like, you know, Viz is going around saying, like, oh, well, uh, you know, all the kids that are wearing suits, they're the ones that are troublesome. Like, you know, it's not the ones that, you know, could wear any other clothing and, like, you know, create havoc in a movie yeah. theater. So for those who are wondering what video are you talking about, well, uh, let's see. In one video on TikTok that received 170,000 likes and 1 million views, a large group of boys, uh, teenage boys, in Singapore and they go into an escalator and then walk out of frame stone-faced and with a rigid posture and they have small plushies on them the video is overlaid with text that expresses the simple request 22 tickets to minions rise of group please um the boys in this particular video said that the now viral clip is a product of coincidence than planning on intention after we finished the movie we went down and we were going down the escalator said joshua law an 18 year old student and then we saw this bunch going down the escalator and we sort of met halfway in fact the many of the boys had never met before and they decided to do this video and that they thought it was a good uh, that it was too good to pass up so yeah this it's kind of like wasn't planned in the beginning but then it just became huge on tiktok and then there was this whole uh, hashtag gentle minions and then they did it uh, according to what npr says it was a combination of meme culture and boredom collided and now we've talked about like you know that th theaters are 
you know, preventing people from dressing up in suits with the whole gentle minions thing and, you know, throwing banana peels all over the place. So, yeah. So basically, uh, yeah. like, yeah. Uh, again, it's just a, it's a small minority of, fa- of, 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 I wouldn't call them fans. I just say small minority of people who looked at a trend, decided that this is going to be, you know, something that they can, that, uh, they can you know, wreak havoc with and I think they can get away with. Yeah, and exactly. Unfortunately, I mean, like, now they've kind of ruined it for quite a few other people. Oh, yeah, sure. No, I mean, you mean wrong. We, we don't like, I mean, just because we don't like minions doesn't mean that we want to, like, you know, ruin the fun for everybody else. Absolutely I think not. I think if like say you know like uh, say for example like you know God forbid there's ever like a you know fanboy and chum chum comes up. <laughs> Like you know, there's a and there's like you know, there's a group of fans who want to dress up as like you know, like in uh, like with underwear outside, their things and, like, that, like, well and stuff like that. You know, like and then like a bunch of people, you know, a bunch of like you know, t- you know, older teenagers like you know get stupidly drunk and like you know, trash the theater, you know, while well, while doing that, like you know, like and ruin it for everybody else. You know, yeah, like exactly. uh, you know. Now here's the thing about this: I met we, you and I may dislike fanboy and chum chum, but like you know, for that to be ruined for all the fans, I feel sorry for them. You yeah, know, like, exactly. exactly. Like yeah, you know, I, I mean, like you know, what about for the kids who like genuinely like it. It's kind of like the Pokemon thing. It's like, oh, you know, here um, in McDonald's or Burger King, we're going to give off these Pokemon cards that you can only get there. And as opposed to, like, the kids getting it, you have a bunch of freaking adult scalpers who are just getting the, the stuff and then leaving the kids behind because they don't give a shit. They want to yeah. sell it for who knows how much on eBay. Exactly. But uh, So, I mean, in regards to all of, like, the, the, the gentle minions, right? I mean, by the way, um, in a way, I think, you know, cinemas and theaters should actually be kind of thankful for the gentle minions uh, trend that is actually taking because guess what they're doing if you know if uh, hundreds of thousands of kids are like wanting to jump on this board guess what they're going to have to do if they want to be on board with the meme they're going to have to go to the theater buy a ticket sit in the theater watch the movie and then come out again and maybe maybe possibly you know if you got if they've got enough money on them maybe they might be able to afford like one small cup of soda for like ten dollars <laughs> like you know like it just it's a you know the, this is a money spinner for them they should be encouraging this behavior not discouraging it as far as I'm concerned well because- movie theaters just keep on, you know, doing these stupid things from preventing people from actually going to the theater in the first place. Excuse me, theaters. Um, we need to talk about this. So we briefly mentioned this on the Lightyear discussion, which, by the way, it will could be coming out tomorrow. Anyway, so I mentioned this that the creator of Craig and the Creek have mentioned that his kids, who are like around five or three years old, ha- like a third of their lives, they watched new movies on streaming services, and they would feel comfortable with, with watching new movies from home as opposed to like going out to a theater and spending money on popcorn and tickets and soda that, and other that, snacks. Well, that's because they've grown up in the middle of a pandemic and so like uh, they've been talking about how dangerous like you know you know but you know airborne pathogens actually are yeah so i mean of course they're gonna have you know um reservations about wanting to go into a public place like a theater and be able to that they would feel more comfortable watching streaming at home and because no, a it's more convenient and b it's cheaper you know exactly. so of course they're gonna do that yeah like, and, and you know what happens when that generation grows up then they'll be the ones who have the standard of watching stuff from home as opposed to going to the theaters and then oh the theaters are in jeopardy exactly yeah, so the, the theaters should be encouraging this behavior. Like, imagine, yeah, I bet light, I bet the Pixar right now would be, would be ecstatic to have, like, you know, a Lightyear themed version of Gentle Minions going around where people, like, dress up as Buzz Lightyear and go to the theater and, like, you know, uh, you know, write it off their, like, you know, his uh, cash raise and stuff like that. And then they come out again and, like, you know, hey, they've made the money. Yeah. You know, like, exactly. Like, they should be encouraging this type of behavior as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But, I mean, like, again, like, unfortunately, you know, in walks of life, there's always that small minority of people who want to ruin it for 
for everybody. Of and unfortunately, Gentle Minions is a is a is a example of that. Yeah, so, I mean, now here's the thing: dressing up in suits, no problem. But throwing banana peels and making a mess of the theater, okay. That, yeah, that, I mean, there, like, I've got to be honest. When I was uh, seeing all the um, clips of like all the all the uh, people like you had to clean up the theater afterwards after all the Gentle Minions stuff happened around, like the popcorn and like you know all sorts of stuff all around the place. Yeah, that's when it's going too far. They should be, you know, uh, they shouldn't be doing all that kind of stuff. Really, they should be like you know uh, having fun amongst themselves, but not making a mess of the yeah i mean the same this is what happens with cult movies all the time you know they would throw popcorn and all that kind of stuff whenever they would see rocky horror picture show they'll be throwing footballs when they're watching the room so this stuff unfortunately happens but you can pick up a football like you know like uh, in regards to like throwing popcorn around and stuff like that like you know that's that in itself like you know it's 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 left for someone else to clean up yeah exactly yeah it's yeah it's crazy it's terrible anyway but at the end of the day it's i'm just so upset that minions is getting all of this attention I, I mean, I I mean, I, I just have to it's, say it is a worrying trend. That, yeah, you know, this the, is very the rise worrying. Rise of Gru is going to be hitting a billion at the box office because I mean, like you know, um, like even though I would we would say that Lightyear was not a good movie, it wasn't. My biggest worry is that uh, they. I mean, again, I don't know how much uh, we not watched the you know, Minions: Rise of Gru, so I don't like you know how much you know. Uh, well, I mean, LGBTQIA+ I, I don't know that, that stuff either. But at the end of the day, um, no, I the, think the that. Thing that worries me the most is that they basically make very safe movies that that's what really i hate about risks. illumination so much i'm sorry i hate illumination so much because they just make the the lowest common denominator safest bare bones movie that can make any kid and adult like you know generally tolerable and they make billions of dollars of it while a company like leica is able to push the boundaries make these incredible stop motion films and able to push the storyline beyond anything that anybody has ever seen and they make jack shit i mean like do you know like i can guarantee you maybe in 10 maybe in 20 years time i guarantee you that maybe the next whenever the next generation of youtube is going to be or whatever like streaming service is going to be someone's going to put up a video and it's like hey do you remember we were we watched the minions rise of crew there was a whole like gentle minions trend around it and stuff like that but in actual fact it was a pretty terrible movie like <laughs> I, you know like here's the thing like you know i can guarantee you that's probably what the uh you know the response of people are going to be several years down the line in regards to in regards to minions in regards to maybe illumination in general depending that they're still going to be around mind you given that they're making a billion right now like you know, oh I can my god uh, be- yeah and, and as of just uh today um, Lightyear has just made two hundred million dollars. Exactly, like they've only just managed to put back the put back their. Yeah, budget. they just barely made the amount of money that went into making it. So you know, like I think uh, uh, Domi Shi should uh, turn around and say, like, okay, this is proof that basically we need to steer the course with original content and re- sorry, original movies, and uh, this is the way that it should be, you know, for forever and end because people like that stuff. Look at Turning Red; we could have easily put that in the theater and we could have easily made a ton of money out of it. Instead, basically you know here we are so um you know i think that's gonna drive pixar i think my my biggest fear is is that you know disney might turn around and say you know something maybe illumination have got a point and maybe we probably should make you know very safe very cheap very you know uh you know movies that just aren't gonna uh, basically have very basic messages but to do not do that well too much to inspire i think that would be a very bad thing for culture i think a very bad thing for society oh that's gonna be terrible instead of like they'll be spending like 30 million dollars and just you know only spending most of it on just getting the voice actors that's 
celebrities and they'll be just using like simple designs on the characters and they'll be just doing, you know, the generic storyline. And then maybe they'll just throw in more laughter as opposed to more sad, em emotional stuff. And I'm hoping everything will just be noise, 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 noise. Well, if they do do a if they do do a movie like that, I'm hoping it's going to be a chicken little situation where they do it so terribly, like, you know, where Disney fans will basically, you know, uh, will recoil and basically say, go back to what you do best. And then obviously then we'll get the next Frozen or we'll get the next, you know, Encanto or the next, you know, the, the, the next, you know, big Disney movie yeah, that yeah, everyone's yeah. going to be yelling about. Yeah. I just hope that Pixar doesn't go into this direction because if they do, oh man, they're going to be crushed. You know something? I don't think they will because like, do you remember when, I mean, keep in mind, like, you know, Pixar's been, it was around before Shrek was. And so like, you know, Toy Story was around before Shrek was as well. Yeah, well, uh, You know, Pixar never really went, never, as far as I'm aware, has never really gone the Shrek direction. Never so, did. I mean, no, exactly. I mean, so, Disney did, but not not Disney Pixar. did. I mean, like they, they, you know, obviously we talk about Chicken Little, but uh, I mean, uh, Pixar, as far as I'm aware, has always stirred the cause. And I think Domi Shi will even say to everybody, look, um, we need to make movies that are original and not like, you know, Light Years or more Toy Story sequels or anything like that, which I think is a bit of a shame, really, because I would like to see an Incredibles 3 and I would like to see a, a sequel to Watatsui. Yeah. I mean, like, you know. I and, think, and also yeah. um, Inside Out 2. Exactly. Like, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, you know, Inside Out 2 is also still a possibility as well. But I think uh, right now, I think they will be looking at themselves and saying, I think we did really well with Turning Red. I think we did really well with some of our original movies. And that's the direction that we should go. Exactly. In. Yeah. That's my opinion. And uh, I mean, Illumination Studios, unfortunately, are going to be laughing all the way to the bank. Oh, yeah. They're, I mean, are you kidding me? At this point in time, it's like, yep, we're going to green light Despicable Me 4. Exactly. We're going to green light. Okay. The Minions movie where Gru is now a teenager. He's going to college. College movie, everybody! <laughs> well, uh, mind you, like, interestingly enough, I think, um, have you noticed that Illumination themselves haven't exactly, like, you know, they've not actually been, I mean, they've been doing, like, their own kind of, like, generic kind of, like, you know, I mean, that's one thing I will say about Illumination Studios, at least if it's, it's, it's pretty generic and it's pretty, you know, mediocre, but at least it's, like, not kind of borrowing, like, off other movies, if you know what I mean. Like, well, that you know, is true. Like, I mean, other than the At least Lorax, it looks like it has an identity. I mean, other than the Lorax and the Grinch, they've only done, like, their own original stuff. Exactly, which I think, in a way, I think is a good thing. Yeah, and, and, and we'll yeah. see. I'm, I will just see how the Mario movie does. Yeah, well, I think, um, I, dare I say, I mean, like, if, if Rise of Gru did a billion, like, you know, imagine what Shigeru Miyamoto and imagine what, you know, uh, Illumination Studios are going to do. Are you kidding me? I mean, he's like looking at this as like, wow, I made the right decision by going to Illumination. Well, we'll see about that. Like, keep in mind, this is my, Miyamoto has never done a movie. Like, this, he's co-directing this thing. Yeah. So, like, this is his de debut into directing mo a movie. But let's just, hope he, let's just hope he does a much better job than Hironobu Sakaguchi did with Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. We'll see. Anyway, so let's move on. This is probably going to be something that I'm going to be talking about because God of War Ragnarok has finally got a release date after over a year of delay after delay after delay. So now we finally have the confirmed date, which is going to be November 9th. We are now ready, boy. <laughs> yes. So... 
Uh, we have known about what the trailer has been showcasing for quite a while. So finally, we are going into Ragnarok. So for those who are not familiar with Norse mythology, Ragnarok is the big climactic battle where you have all the Norse god coming in together with the end of the world approaching and everything getting into winter and cold weather. So it features Kratos and Atreus. So this takes place years after the events of the first God of War. I mean, the God of War 2018, not... Um, the original God of War that came out in 2005. Yeah. Anyway, so it focuses on them, and we're going to be seeing additional gods that were featured in Norse mythology. We're finally going to meet Thor, even though a lot of people were pissed off with the depiction. It's like, wait, why does Thor look like a big fat guy with like long hair and you know that stuff? It's like, if you've read Norse mythology, it is said that Thor would drink wine, the equivalent of like the ocean. He and you know, I mean, a guy like that would be able to be in that figure. I mean, Thor does not look like the ones that you see in Marvel people. Anyway, and we're going to finally see Odin, who has been mentioned multiple times throughout in God of War. Freya is going to be coming back because uh, she was in the first game and she has a major beef with Kratos and Atreus now. And um, yeah, something was happening in the game, but I'm not going to spoil it for those who haven't played it. Anyway, and now we're going to also finally meet up with Tyr, which has been a character that has been brief, well, heavily featured in like discussions with all the characters in the first God of War. So yeah, uh, Tyr, which is the Norse God of War, is going to be meeting up with Kratos, the Greek god of war. So that's going to be really interesting because Tyr was the a complete opposite where he used his um, you know, stance as being the god of war for being peaceful. And he went away from Odin because Odin did not like Tyr's way of being his god and you know, trying to be good to people. He wanted people to be a fearing of him, kind of like Zeus was. Anyway, so that will be coming out on November 9th and... Uh, there's been some more pictures that have been revealed of Kratos and Atreus. Atreus is a lot older now and a lot taller and is a lot more confident in his fighting. And yeah, I think that um, the game looks great. I'm really excited about playing it. Yeah, I just think, you know, God of War has been a really big game for PlayStation. So I think, you know, for them to release another or another sequel to this game, I think uh, everyone's been really looking forward to this. And, you know, it is going to ship units. So oh, absolutely, I think, yes. yes. I mean, uh, yeah, considering that, you know, this uh, incarnation of God of War, which is kind of like a reboot slash sequel to the franchise, it came out around the time in which we had God of War Ascension, which is basically like another prequel focusing on Kratos before the events of God of War 1 and everybody was just getting tired of it. It was just like the same gameplay and Kratos is the same generic baddie who just wants to kill the gods and kill all the deities because revenge, grr. But this one actually showcases Kratos in a more human and sympathetic side where we get to see how he is raising a son and getting away from, you know, the, the Greek lands and going into the, uh, the Scandinavian lands and being able to try to live a different life and trying to get away from his past but then his past comes back and gets him and you know all that kind of stuff we do get to see more complexities than we've ever seen of kratos yeah i just think you know you, you which i think is a great thing like you know you can't just have like a guy who's like you know ah you know i'm gonna kill everything and say in front of me like you know like uh, he's he's not doom slayer exactly know, like, i mean know. it worked around the 2000s when everything was like all dark and edgy but at that point in time the formula was just getting worn off well then we ended up with shadow the hedgehog and like you know well oh. 
Shadow the Hedgehog. I rest my case. But, uh, I mean, like, yeah, you, you need to... Now, people people want more dimension, you know, more, more dimensions to a character right now. You can't you can't just do one dimension and just do it. I mean, like, there's a reason Doom Slayer works because, like, you know, that's what we expect Doom Slayer to be. I, mean, I know. There, there's a precedence to be, be, to be put to that. So he, he's more an exception rather than the rule. But, I mean, like, uh, you know, um, other characters who, you know, we are introduced to then and then we are saying, oh, hey, there's this side of this, this character and then there's that side of this character and then that side of that character. Like, you know, when you introduce more sides to a character, you start to really have more appreciation for that character. Same with Master Chief, you know, somewhat with Duke Nukem, somewhat with, uh, you know, other, uh, you know, characters out there who, you know, do have other sides to them and stuff like that. Same with Marcus Phoenix and Gears of War. Like, you know, he uh, wasn't just this, you know, this, um, you know, this badass, you know, uh, Marine. Like, you know, he has, he has other, other sides to it as well and was very reluctant to kind of do some of the stuff that he did. And uh, then, you know, um, it's just, uh, uh, the more... Uh, you add to somebody, you know, the better, you know, you're going to more attached, you're going to become to that character. You know, like, you know, look at these guys, look at what we were talking about Amphibia and look at what we were talking about the Isle House. Yes. And like, you know, we talk about all the other shows that, you know, you, all the Pixar you know, movies that we actually really love and really care about. Like, you know, every time they add another layer to a character, we do become more attached to them and be either more relatable or we love them just for basically who they are. Exactly. exactly yeah. yeah. Do do that with Kratos and everyone will be happy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, I I know a lot of people were like really um, offset by the gameplay. But at this point in time, like I said, it was getting kind of stale after a while. And I think that the direction that they did go in terms of like, oh, instead of having like a hack and slash game, we're going to have like an adventure game. And we're going to be able to have um, an an ability to upgrade Kratos' stuff instead of using the red orbs. Now he's able to collect various things that you find in treasure chests and you know killing off enemies so you can be able to upgrade things like your clothes and things like your weapons and you can upgrade Atreus's weapon as well and learn magic and all that kind of stuff so yeah it was able to bring some freshness into it that it desperately needed and the sequel looks to be that very same thing now according to the director of God of War uh, by the way it's not the same one as the first game but even though that he is going to be heavily involved with it he said this is going to be the last one of this particular series of stories because they said that they've already ran their course with the story and they want to focus on something else which is a good thing by the way because um, it took like three main games and then like four different spin-off series until everybody just got tired of that line but they said that we want to have a more tightly knit story so there's only going to be this game and then um the previous one and then that's it and who knows maybe they'll just end it right there maybe they'll go somewhere else maybe it'll be god of war egypt or maybe god of war japan who knows the possibilities are endless so For those who are excited for this one, just remember that this is going to be the last one in the Norse mythology. Okay. And finally, um, Hiro Kojima has uh, got uh, publicity for all the wrong reasons. Oh, and it's not because, oh, guess what? Um, we're going to finally have, uh, what was it, like the sequel to the game that everybody hated. And now we're going to get a movie based off of the game that everybody hated. No, not necessarily. It involves with politics. Well, no, I mean, like uh, this goes kind of a bit beyond politics, really. Like, so uh, Shinjo Abe, who is the 
the former Prime Minister of Japan. He was assassinated uh, with a, a guy who made a, mix, a makeshift shotgun and uh, fired it at him. And, yeah, which uh, is really rare in Japan. Exactly, yeah. This, By the way, the, this uh, shocks people, not just because it's, uh, you know, the former pri- Prime Minister of Japan, who is like one of the longest serving, you know, Prime Ministers in, in Japanese uh, political history, but to just the fact that this is one of the very rare gun deaths. Keep in mind, 10 people a year are killed by guns in Japan. Yeah. That's how rare it is in Japan. Oh, yes. The fact that this has happened to, to Abe is uh, very, very shocking to the Japanese, you know. Yeah, I, I, I even people. read somewhere really sad where they were just saying, like, you know, 10 people die in Japan a year. Well, meanwhile, in America, you have like, you know, one person who dies and then they make a news story about it and then they'll forget about it the next day because another person is shot somewhere else. But no, this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. This is a big deal in which that a, you know, country that is not known for deaths by gunshot and especially a prime minister, mind you, who was killed by this. This was spread over the news like crazy. And it even gotten even more crazy as who they thought was the assassinator. Okay, so apparently, according to this, um, the reason why Higeo Kojima got caught up in this, uh, the Metal Gear Solid creator uh, uh, was linked to the shooting in Japan of the former Prime Minister in a, in a, on a picture that was posted on the website 4chan. <laughs> And so um, the image uh, was shared by French politicians uh, reportedly, and also reportedly by Greek and Iranian news outlets. So, they, you know, other, so other news organizations took this as, you know, oh, hey, this is, you know, he, he, Kojima shot, you know, the, uh, the, the former prime minister of Japan. And so he's threatened to sue. Uh, by the way, he's not the person who shot. Who, no, who no. Shot. It, the person who did shoot the prime minister was Tetsuya Yamagami, who actually admitted it that he killed him. Yeah. So, um, uh, a screenshot of social media was showed uh, uh, a French politician associated with the country's nationalist movement had tweeted out images of Kurojima that translated to uh, the, the quote-unquote the far-left kills. He has since deleted the tweet and has issued an apology to Kurojima, saying that he naively took a, a joke for, quote-unquote, took a joke for information and, quote-unquote, was wrong not to check before po- for sharing. Oh, my God. Uh, now, now, here's the thing. If it was, like, a, a, a simple person who probably saw this on 4chan and thought it was real. That's one thing. This is a French politician who said this. Yeah, by the way, um, the uh, Kurojima Productions is actually, uh, the, the game di- uh, director's company, is actually considering legal action against people who spread false information. So, Ooh. yeah, exactly. So, like, uh, you know, just to say right now, like, you know, this is not a joke anymore. Their, their production company is actually going to go out to after, after people who spread this stuff around. So, like, you know, just to let, you know, just to say for the final time, Kurojima, it was a joke it was a prank it had nothing to do with the you know the the assassination of uh you know of, uh, of Shinjo Abe so like uh you know there's people who are like spreading this around just stop because you yeah, know like you, you get yourself into serious trouble okay journalists this is some advice that I hope that you take well, into account. Well, this isn't just journalists. This is anybody. Oh, yeah, any, any, anybody, anybody in social media can spread this yeah, out. Yeah, sure. Like, Jur- you know, journalists, politicians, people, anybody. Yeah. Don't ever get anything from 4chan unless of course it was like you know cleared no, up ever. By, don't get anything from yeah, 4chan ever yeah don't don't get anything from 4chan ever yeah. <laughs> get it from like a reliable news source get it from you know anybody that's not 4chan because 4chan makes some crazy crazy stuff up yeah anyway so uh, also uh, just kind of like you know speak on you know uh, the former prime minister former prime minister Abe like you know uh, if those of you do not know like if you remember back in the uh, uh, back in the 2016 uh, handover ceremony for that, he actually dressed up as Mario uh, to actually, you know, uh, part, you know, for the uh, the Olympics, Olympics, yeah, Olympics, yeah. So like, you know, he's uh, 
um you know he 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 was a you know very avid you know fan of nintendo from what we from oh what yeah we absolutely yes so like you know it's just it's uh it's very sad that you know he's so uh, you know you know he, he's been he's been he's he, once again he's, he's another person in japan who's you know very famous who is unfortunately ha- not ended his life under his own volition yeah i know and so i think it's just it's uh so you know, uh, my my thoughts and prayers go out to his family, friends and family. And Absolutely, his, uh, yes, and to all the people in Japan too. Exactly, yeah. So I mean, like, uh, but uh, um, mind you, it's interesting to see where uh, you know, Ozzy, uh, you know. Kurajim is obviously, you know, uh, doing other things at the moment. So I think, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Hopefully, I mean, he can, hopefully, you know, uh, maybe the the best thing that could probably come out of this is that whatever you know thing he focuses on next, you know, obviously will have his attention because everyone's, <laughs> you know, he's having to correct everybody now that he's actually not the guy. Who, yeah, uh, he's not who the guy who he, killed Shinzo yeah, Abe. Exactly. He's, yeah. you know, he's working on a video game or a movie, whether it's Death Stranding two or whatever it is. And sadly, it will never be Metal Gear Solid. Nope, so. it will never be another Metal Gear Solid. Ever. Unless, of course, if he does a spiritual successor, but at this point in time, he says he wants to focus on more original stuff. So, yeah. Exactly. And we come to the end of the show. So, uh, yeah, thank everybody for checking us out. Sorry it's a bit later than uh, we would like it to be, but unfortunately, you know, we had so much fun on one weekend. Yeah, we we had a great weekend, and if we do delay episodes like this, then just know that uh, we've been, you know, busy enjoying the activities that England has to offer, and uh, we are also getting up some really interesting news pieces that we want to share with you all, so we hope that the wait has been worth it. Okay. Take care, everybody, and we will see you all next week. Take care, everyone.